Well, hello, people of Defend the House, and welcome back to another Big Roundup podcast. It has been a hot minute since we did this. I think almost six months? Yeah. Right, and the last chat, (laughs) we covered, you know, a game that I would say was quite contentious and had a lot of talking points in different aspects, and that was The Last of Us Part 2. And luckily today, we don't have anything like that. Smooth sailing from here on out. The only controversial game we have to talk about is Bug Snacks. Yes, that really ruffled some feathers in the uh, gaming community. Yes. Got pulled from the um, PlayStation 5 store for dark humor and all that such. Mm Mm-hmm. You can force feed Gramble. Like, I mean, no wonder they pulled it. Yeah, that game was uh, disturbing. That's like a war crime. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you guys have probably caught on that this is the highest form of comedy, which is sarcasm. It is time for Cyberpunk 2077 and also probably some PlayStation 5 chat. Uh, We talked about it on our podcast. Going to plug it now. Defend the podcast on Spotify, uh, Podbean and stuff. Put that down below. If you like these long chats, you will like those chats because they're also long and we kind of just talk as we're playing different stuff. Uh, You know, we've discussed our adventures, trying to get our hands on those consoles and early impressions. So if you want some of that chat down below. But um, after Cyberpunk, if we have the energy, we'll talk about the the couple of main games that came in the PlayStation. Uh, Yeah. Demon's Souls. uh, Yeah, I think they'll be like, you know. In the title. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure which ones they'll be right now. Uh, Demon Souls and Bug Snacks, and then who knows what else. Mm-hmm. There were a fair few games out, but... Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. But the we've got one, a long though, way to go before we get there. Oh my god. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. It um, finally came out. It did. Congrats, Sadei. Well done, you got it I out. I guess. <laughs> Uh, we can't really get into the proper conversation until we've had the pre-conversation about the elephant in the room. Uh, we have to say that me and Jameson both played Cyberpunk in what I would call is the most ideal situation currently, which is on a high-end PC. On a very high-end PC. Yes. Uh, and yeah. With uh, the graphics it, cards no one can buy. <laughs> yeah, and it would be nice to get to a point in the review where we are just talking about it within that context. But before we get there, we do have to talk about the unfortunate events that happen to people who aren't fortunate enough to have those kinds of rigs. And it's a, it's a weird conversation to have for us, since we weren't really there in the pits with those guys. We weren't right. in the trenches. And it and took it a couple of days. And it is also still ongoing. Yeah. And the weird like, thing was, because we played yeah. it at midnight on the launch. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first impressions, I don't want to jump ahead into, uh, you know. Um, the first impressions were like, this game is a little rough. Like, the performance for me was worse than you because of my CPU. And I was seeing a couple of bugs. But it really took like two to three days before the news started rolling out about the last-gen console stuff, mostly waiting on those digital which was, boundary videos. Yeah, which was deliberate on CD Projekt's part. Yeah, uh, and obviously, with their past history, I never would have anticipated anything like this. Uh, no. Maybe that's naive. You know, over the last couple of years, we've seen some very high-esteem video game companies kind of fall off a cliff. 
Yeah. But I think CD Projekt really did earn a level of trust to which I wasn't really thinking like something like this could happen. I knew, I think we all knew that last gen uh, stuff was going to be a little bit sketchy. Maybe we some... definitely spent the last like two years joking about how bad the last gen versions mm-hmm. are going to be, but we really didn't anticipate it to be what it was. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I I don't think I will ever forget the moment where I was sat at my computer and you sent me the digital foundry video of the Xbox One oh footage. I couldn't fucking believe it. I yeah. don't think I've ever seen a worse port of a AAA game in my entire life. Uh, it's hard to being... say. Like, Go ahead. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm just trying to think, you know, if there are similar similarly met but i can't like nothing's coming to mind you know there's been the buggier games era. fallout oh, andromeda definitely. obviously um yeah. there's been no man's sky which i would say is worse for not delivering on what they promised even more yeah. so than cyberpunk but when it comes to just a port it's usually the pc boys that get the bad end of the stick it uh, has been historically yeah for the last few years you know you get big messes like um what was a Batman Arkham Knight, you know, mm-hmm. which what that was pulled from the store for like five months because the PC port was so bad. Yeah. But yeah, console ports like. But it doesn't happen to consoles. Defi- they're definitely not great, you know, especially the later you get into a generation, the, the worst. The third party stuff tends to get rougher as mm. time goes on, whereas the first party, I mean, aka just the Sony games tend to get smoother because they just get better at working with the hardware. But yeah, you know, console. You'll see it and be like, oh, it drops, you know, maybe down to below 1080p and, you know, okay, some games definitely chug frame rates. They, they find the a compromise and the compromise works, but just isn't that flattering sometimes. No, yeah, they're still like, you know, reasonably functional, but not great, but, you know, they're, 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 they're I would, I don't know if I would say acceptable, like for me, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're tolerable, maybe is the way to say it. Um, and I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, man, like what? I mean, on Earth, I, you can't even recreate it on a PC. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I tried. So you know, we just decided to do a little joke, goofy thing for the the beauty video. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm. I could take someone else's footage or I could just try and recreate it as best I can. Um, recreate console footage as best I could. And I dropped every setting to low, set my game to render at 720p, and then turned on DLSS Ultra Performance. So I don't even know what resolution it's at. It's like probably like 240p or something. <laughs> and uh, it still looks better than the Xbox version. Yeah. I had to record it at 10 FPS, and it still looks better than the Xbox version. And this is still the most, you know, the most prominent platforms in the world. The the base yeah. PS4 and the base Xbox One. And, you know, there's a lot of PS4 Pros and Xbox One Xs out there. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. a lot of people, like millions and millions of people on those platforms. Like tens of millions, yeah. And it just And that's why they released work. it, right? I mean, that, you know, that's... The reason it came out on last gen was because they wanted to make money, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, it's fine. That's pretty standard. You know, you want to release it where all the people are, but um, uh, you got to release a, a version of the game that is 
playable Fun- yeah functioning functional so yeah i mean so i'm sure everyone knows already but like they deliberately didn't let anyone see the console versions before release they just said it runs surprisingly well that was the ceo that said that yeah, on last gen consoles and uh everyone was just basically taking it on blind faith that it would be okay i mean they showed a little bit of footage of it running on the 1x no on the series x and the ps5 in back compat and that those the those versions looked you know they looked in that sort of acceptable realm i mm. i think and and it seems like they are relatively at least in terms of visuals and performance in that acceptable area uh, and then yeah the the reviews man the whole review situation for this game was just so weird in general honestly yeah. they sent out pc versions for review to quite a few outlets but the pc version that they got wasn't the version of the game that anyone was ever going to play because there was a huge day one patch that hit when it went live and so it was like extra buggy for reviewers so like the reviews are sort of redundant all the release day reviews feel like kind of redundant in a way because it's like they're talking about all these bugs and i mean obviously there's lots of bugs but it was like a different state of the game which is already strange to me i think uh and then there was not a single mention of the console versions because no one played them and i don't know i i don't know it seems weird to me that you would run a review when you haven't played the main platforms that people will play it on you gotta get those but clicks though you can't you can't not post a cyberpunk review I get it, you know, I get it. So be it. Um, but then, yeah, it released on consoles with no, no, no one knew what it was, and then, oh my god, mm-hmm. uh, it really is just extraordinary. And then, so obviously, it was so bad that uh, the most shocking thing ever, ever <laughs> happened. Yeah which was Sony pulled it from sale off of PSN and it is still not back. Wow. That was that was like when was that? That was probably 10 days was that even maybe 2 weeks ago? I don't remember sure. exactly. I think it was a week after release. I think it was like the Thursday or Friday, so I think it was like almost 2 weeks ago now. Um and it's still not back and I don't know when it will come back. Probably you know, shouldn't they- come back. <laughs> Unless it's for the PS5. I, yeah, it's it's pretty shocking that just how unfinished the console versions are. Yeah, it's it's it should be illegal. I don't think it technically is. Um, no, because be. false advertising and all these things are like really lax and I don't understand why they are that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree. It shouldn't be allowed. And I mean, Sony clearly agreed as well. They were like, fuck this. Um, though I think part of the reason Sony might have pulled that is because CD Projekt was like, please contact the platform holders for refunds. Yeah, that was You're going to get well. a refund. And then Sony is like, well, we don't have a refund policy because we're shitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless you're in the EU where we're like legally obligated to give you decent customer support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think all the refund requests probably made them just say, okay, fuck this. We're just going to pull it from... And then also refund everyone that asks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what sort of laws govern that, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you would think that Sony and Microsoft would have 
more strict policies about what is allowed on their platform. Yeah, I would there was like if rumors I was them. that the certification process was skipped over because it's CD Projekt. But who knows how much that is true. There were threads that talked about, like Twitter threads that talked about what certification actually is for these consoles. And it, and it is not like a seal of approval. It's more like, does the game boot? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yes or no. Right. It's, it's very basic, like functionality stuff like that. And that's all that has to pass. Okay. So, but like, not to say, not to encourage any company to be more like Apple uh, but, you know, a little curation, a little oversight of your platform, I don't think is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you when you get something, like, and Microsoft had the co-marketing for this. Like, Microsoft was the co-marketer for this game. They closed out their E3 conference with the Cyberpunk announcement mm-hmm. in 2018. You know, you would think Microsoft would look at the console version, because, like, it's not like they wouldn't have known, right? Surely, someone at Microsoft saw the the X, yeah, the, 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 the and, and they were like, oh, "Whatever, this is fine. It'll get patched quickly." I don't get like, how this happened. It has to go through at least like a few people's hands, right? I th- I would think so. I would hope so. Um, and it's it's just you know, I mean, it's obviously all on CD Projekt for thinking that it was fine to release it this way. But it there are also I would have thought there were other like roadblocks that would have mm-hmm. caught this stuff and said, N- no, no, you can't release this game in this state on our platform. Um, and also just the decision-making process of this. I I would put wanting to know why this decision was made to release the game in this state up there with why Dr. Disrespect was banned on Twitch. It's like <laughs> up there with that level of mystique. Where you can you can guess like money pressure Christmas it always comes back to money somehow. It's always about money. It's always yeah. about money, but if but it can't have been from the people invested in the company because you know it's been horrendous for them and they've lost like all their invest not lost their investments but it's you know dropped yeah, by, like sixty percent. Market 60%, value has plummeted. Yeah, to the point where they are some of them. Uh, you know this could just be like clickbait and like when it comes to lawsuits they go through so many steps that. The, the yeah. journalists jump on it the fucking f- first sniff they get of this stuff because it's good clickbait. But, you know, there's, there's talk about lawsuits from those people specifically who invested in the company some, and now it's some, plummeting I value. believe a lawsuit has already been filed on the on behalf of shareholders in the U.S., yeah. I think. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, it's the, you know, the U.S. love. They, they love suing people. <laughs> so if it's not from the big money people who own stakes in the company, then, like, someone made this decision. It's a publicly owned company or publicly traded company and has yeah. been for a very long time, honestly, um, since like 2008 or something after The Witcher 1 was uh, kind of a disaster financially. Um, I think I think the original story with The Witcher 1 is they tried to make a console version and it almost bankrupt them and then they had to go public to recoup all the lost costs on making The Witcher 1 for PC or for consoles or something like that. So yeah, but I don't know. Like... It, it just, it definitely is a money decision by people high up, the CEOs somewhere. But what, what is the money? Like what caused the money decision? I don't know. Maybe they were out of money, you know, like 
this game is clearly yeah, been maybe. through development hell and is like absurdly expensive. It does seem like a desperate uh, decision because... And I, I swear there were like rumblings last year that they were running low on cash uh, because of the development cost for this game. Like they originally wanted to release it last year. The yeah. internal like targets were last fall release. Yeah, that actually might be so, the only thing you know, that's maybe to they were up. just like Yeah, maybe they were just like, fuck... Maybe they're running out of money. They're like, let's just launch. It would be a disaster. No Man's Sky has come back. Maybe we can just do that process and we can actually survive. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that makes sense. I'd love to know, though, because fucking hell. Yeah, so, but like, it's not just the console versions of the game that are. Uh, unstable and unacceptable. It's like the the whole game is un is was not ready to come no. out. Um, not just in terms of bugs. Like, and I mean, I have to say, like, I I didn't have much. It yeah. like there were lots of small, very peripheral things, and there was a period of time, sort of in the middle of my playthrough, where everything was, it was like a lot of bugs. But then the last like thirty or forty hours were, I I barely had anything. So like yeah. But it's not just bugs, it's also just, like, the entire product needed is, more time. Yeah. You can tell in, like, I'm not going to skip ahead, but there are, like, fundamental areas which are not done. I would say, like, almost every part of the game, outside of visuals and audio and, like, voice acting, you know, it's trigger, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some, like, the footsteps never play. So, outside of visuals... Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every piece of the game, there are, are varying scales of, like, oh, this felt feels not quite fully finished. Um, Sometimes more than just not quite finished. Just, like, really not done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they just, like... It's, it's, I was going to say, like, it's sad, but I mean, it's not. I shouldn't feel that way because, like, CD Projekt is a giant company and their entire existence has always been to make money, like every company is. Like, it is sad, but, but it not, is still sad because it's not, not for the corporations. No, it's, it's more for the fact that after a reasonably quiet year of gaming and obviously yeah. a shitty year, I think everyone just kind of wanted Cyberpunk to be a moment. And I wanted Success. Cyberpunk to be a moment for and you know, it has everyone. been a moment. Just yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it has a moment. Yeah, but you know, a video game uh, celebratory zeitgeist is like a special occasion. You don't get many of them. You know, you're gonna get no, a couple of a, no, a, yeah. a couple a generation, and it it was almost kind of like quiet and uncomfortable playing this game. I felt like you were the only person I could I could talk to because most people just didn't have the ability to play it at a reasonable state. And it was like, well, yeah. I'm having some fun with this thing, but no one else is even playing it. And it's just like, how am I playing Cyberpunk 20, 2077? And it's quiet. It was yeah. such a weird time. Or the only game. the only discussion was just like everyone raging, and it's like, yes, there was no I'm one not really interested about the game. in engaging with that. Um, I understand, but you know, sure, yeah, to an extent, I understand. Um, but I, 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 it is sort of sad because, you know, Witcher two and three are. Well, even The Witcher 1. I, I never played The Witcher 1 all that much. I, but, you know, they have a very good track record. And it's yeah. it's it's depressing. It's not sad. It's depressing. It's depressing to watch a company that spent 15 years building up its reputation as a trustworthy, consumer-focused developer that wanted to make 
great games for people, tank their entire fucking 15 years of reputation building in a day. Yeah, it is. Com- like they com- and and it wasn't like they were forced to do that. It was self-inflicted completely. Mm-hmm. And it's just too bad because, you know, The Witcher 3 is like the holy grail <laughs> of gaming in terms of like the way people revere it, right? Yeah. And the way people just, you know, you look at Steam. I looked at it the other day. It has like 500,000 reviews on Steam, overwhelmingly positive. And it's like, I, I don't know if there's ever been a game that's gotten so many positive reviews. Mm-hmm. And and then Cyberpunk was hugely ex- hyped for so long. I mean, there were bad decisions in announcing it when they did because it didn't actually enter development until after The Witcher 3 was finished, which was like four years ago, four mm. and a half years ago. So, but like... It's just a bummer to see them go from The Witcher 3 to a complete clusterfuck. Yeah. Uh, and tanking. All, and 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 it is sad to see so many people disappointed by yeah, the game. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I mean, I am disappointed by it, but I also had... Like, I also like Cyberpunk quite a bit. So like, Yeah, which is also another sad aspect. aspect is the more you play of this game... Uh, in you know on a nice yes. PC, the more parts of it you see actually potentially reaching that lofty like expectations you had in your head. Yeah, and there, there are, are moments a lot of things... in this game that oh, reach yeah. those like crazy things we imagined when we saw the trailers, and you see that spark of like holy shit, they actually potentially were on track to make this thing come to life and happen. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and they might still, they probably still yes. will. And if they don't, like the modders will pick up the slack that anything that doesn't get get there in the next 18 months mm-hmm. um yeah and it's it's a bummer because there's so much um like artistry and passion in the game as well that you can feel there's yeah. like so much care put into a lot of things and it's all of that care is let down by just they just didn't have enough time they just didn't yeah. get it finished and they've been open about like they 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 had the you know Jason Schreier posted a little summary of like the all hands meeting that happened a week or two ago where the ceo was grilled by the employees and everyone was like we told you it wasn't ready to ship and you know one of them was like why would you what was your what's your thoughts on like forcing a product out the door and that product is about corporate greed or something like yeah, that which I is an amazing question nice. just like bless that person what a bullsy um, man i respect it you know i mean the it's still definitively uh, like all the great things that are great in the witcher 3 are mostly present here and there's a lot of great stuff here but yeah it's just it just needed at bare minimum, it needed four months of bug polishing. Yeah. Ideally, though, it needed another year to bring everything together. I'd say we'll, yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll, which we'll get into, and that's that's too bad. And be, and it's especially sad just because like the developers knew that all the people that made the game didn't want it to come out, but the people that run the company did, and that it, it's really God, ima- very imagine just knowing that like for months at a time and yeah. seeing the world anticipating this feverishly with too much hype to you know even cope with the product coming out as people expected it to and then they know how it's gonna land and just dreading that like the anxiety must have been awful and to think that they wanted like it to release in april (laughs) you know part of that part of that schreier piece i think was that 
they said, the CEO said in January or February of 2020 that the game was finished and complete and it was just in polishing mode. And yes, that was apparently yeah. complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the employers were, and the employees were like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, so, I mean, the fact that they thought it was going to come out in April speaks to, it just seems to me like they've been planning to release it underbaked for a while now. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. like they would just, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe, yeah, like I said. Why did they even just... delay it to December? Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> I, what did I they have get to done? imagine it was because three weeks before that, the console versions were literally unplayable. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And then they were like, this is the best we can get it to. I don't know. Fuck. Like, yeah, so it's just, it's a really unfortunate situation for a game that has a lot of pretty neat pretty good stuff going on uh, and it could have been pretty incredible and I think with these free DLCs patches expansions and then mods in 18 months I'm I, I'm yeah. really excited for what cyberpunk can become Definitely. with more time um, and that's not to say that I don't think it's bad or, or like right now uh, parts of it are parts of it are a mess but uh you know i played a hundred hours of it in three weeks so mm-hmm. <laughs> it was obviously doing something right um yeah. so yeah it's <sighs> basically this entire discussion has to be caveated with we played it on very expensive gaming pcs and had pretty much the best possible experience you could have with it mm-hmm. at launch remember um, that context because i don't want yeah. to have to be saying like oh, the worst part of the game is this except for the you know i don't want to have to keep yeah. doing that no so, yeah, take that and store it in the back of your mind. Yeah. This review is under the context of the best possible scenario as of now. Yeah. And and like I said, I was pretty lucky. Didn't... I never... I, my game, I never had a single crash. I never... I've had one. One crash. I've, yeah. I never had any anything game-breaking, I don't think. I don't remember. I've had uh, a couple of quests. I've had two quests that broke... But um, it was just like a reload and then like... Oh, yeah. Okay. I might have had that once or twice. Like, And I'm, I would just, yeah, quick save and reload right where yes, I left off. I, I have, I've had yeah. no broken quest lines that aren't, you know, uh, remediable. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. The game's pretty uh, generous you know, of saving and you can just really quickly save in the game. And you should probably do that because you never know what's going to happen in this game. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know... It's an it's a PC game. It's a PC open world RPG. So F five is quick save. Yes, you know? uh, the, that's just like a default for all these games. And it's I've been doing that for a long time. Just I'm just gonna just gonna hit F five. Just oh, uh, I'm just gonna hit that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I've been doing that for ten years. So it's nothing new. And um, I will say the last sort of thoughts on the bugginess of it. I mean, not that it won't come back up probably. Uh, but it it is not the buggiest game I've played by a no. long shot. Uh, I played Mass Effect Andromeda at launch, which was and still I think is the most unfinished, buggiest thing I've ever played. Anthem is not far behind. Uh, obviously, you know, Fallout 76 exists or existed <laughs> yeah. in the state. Uh, there, there have definitely been... Far, and also Fallout 4 uh, was uh, far worse than this for me as well <clears throat> fallout 4 felt like it was going to explode at any time <laughs> like every single well, time yeah, i you, you know you you do the stupid loading screen from outside in the world into a dungeon or whatever into a building 
every single time I used a door in Fallout 4, like I would save right before because it felt like the whole game was going to explode when I used that door. And, yeah. you know, and I remember dropping to like, I, I distinctly remember having, I had a good GPU for Fallout 4 at the time. It was like a 980 Ti or something. And I distinctly remember finding a spot that was under a bridge where nothing was being, it was literally like the dead end under a bridge. So you can't see anything. It's just concrete. And I was running at like 20 FPS. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, so, you know, I, there have been far, far buggier games that I have experienced. Not saying that, you know, I'm sure other people like our, you know, our poor, poor Andy, our friend, uh, had, I think he counted like 35 or 40 crashes. Yeah, on the PlayStation 5. On a PlayStation 5 in the span of 35 hours. So it's one an hour, yeah, which is like, that's, that's staggering. Um, so yeah, that that should just to contextualize the bugginess of it. I think it's yeah. it was all pretty minor, uh, and f- I think I mean I would it definitely undermined parts of it often. Yeah, but I was going to say the only time it ever like really bothered me was during main missions. Uh, yes, the, the yeah. main missions have some very nice character moments and some cinematic moments. And sometimes you'll be doing something and a character would be talking and they'd be like just facing the wrong way. And it's oh kind yeah, of just I had like, that with Rogue once. That was mission. with Rogue as well. It was on the boat. <laughs> yeah, she's just like facing a wall and it's like, Rogue, yeah. we're over here. And then there's, <laughs> there's like doing? an impact noise where she punches the guy, but she doesn't do anything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. And I would have, um, I play with subtitles off always. I never turn subtitles on because I hate them. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have subtitles turn on sometimes. Yeah, during, me too. Uh, it's during the transition whenever you transition from like a first person state to like I'm controlling the tank and someone is speaking or if you reload a save while someone is speaking that line of dialogue is stuck on so you have to just open and turn subtitles on off and then they go away and I had to do that quite a bit and yeah like I said there was a period uh in the middle of about 15 hours where maybe 20 where I, it felt like I couldn't go 15 minutes without having something. And it was just, I was getting very frustrated. And mm-hmm. then 1.5 or 1.05 and 1.06 hit pretty close together. And the following 40 plus hours were very, like there was, almost, I, I don't remember much happening uh, outside of the usual sort of built in jank that will have to get polished out over time, like weird fall damage and, Oh uh, the, God! The speed skating on on the edge of things and stuff like that. I've um, had that like random collision death so many times. <laughs> we, you, you, I don't know what it is. You just try and climb something and you just explode and die. Yeah, I only had it happen a few times, but it, oh, it's very annoying. When it's it happened to me like twenty times. Oh wow! Yeah. But I'm always climbing shit because I don't know. I just like moving around in combat, and it's always a mistake. And yeah. I feel like the save system is sometimes a bit weird and inconsistent. So sometimes I'll be doing like the little gigs or like the uh, police scanners and like I have done two of them and it hasn't saved and I'll just explode and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Yeah, I think there's... I would say that I had a lot of bugs. Um, I had no broken quests. I only had one crash. They were never significant and I would even no. say some of them were actually really funny. I especially I yeah. like how <laughs> yeah. janky the summon vehicle thing is. That thing is so broken, and it made yeah. me laugh every time that 
my motorbike would spawn above me or it would make a car flip in the air or it would just oh, come yeah. crashing down or spawn on a fucking I had a few times somewhere. where it was just falling through the world over and over yeah. again, which is pretty funny. Oh, I did um, get one. I did fall through the world once as well. That was cool. I think I did as well, but I, I might have been when I was um, doing myth stuff. Mm-hmm. and jumping around it, you can find some spots in this game with the double jump where it's just like ah there is no geometry here and you just walk Ooh. right through it and fall through the world <laughs> I, I did find a spot down an alleyway which just had no wall and you could just walk into the void that was kind of interesting i think i might have i wonder was that was there like a dead or like a there were cops beating up a guy i think so yeah i think it was that yeah that, okay i saw that as well yeah so that there's just a wall that's just like not there yeah i was like oh <laughs> i can just go into the void this is fun yeah i think there's like an element of bugginess that is endearing and sort of funny and then there's bugs that are getting in the way of enjoying the game and and this has a mix uh, for yes. sure I definitely had a lot of bugs as well but um there was one fun one where i was on stage as johnny playing oh, yeah. uh, playing a musical number mild story spoiler there but uh they hadn't got rid of the ability to talk to the npcs in the crowd oh yeah and they just had the default like interactions like bug off <laughs> like while i'm rocking out yeah and you're trying to like hit <laughs> e to scream into the microphone and you're there's a lot of like this it's yeah. like less jank and more overlooked polish i would say yeah well yeah I mean, like and it all comes back to just i'm sure all of these things would have been fixed Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had another six months or a year to just go over it and over it and over it. And um, yeah. yeah. I'd also say that I wasn't happy with the uh, performance a lot of the time. It right, was yeah. only in the busier areas. I would say at this point, uh, Corpo Plaza is the only like real punishing area for my PC. Yeah. Like that could and, I mean, be- to be fair, you are running it with like literally every setting turned up to max. It is. And yeah. I am a bit uh, more affected by frame rate. I've always been a bit weird about it. If it goes yeah, like yeah. below 50, I'm like, wee, wee, you know, smallest violin in the world type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's probably the worst performing game that I've played in a long, long time, which obviously at this point is probably not a surprise. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I, I, had I, a little bit more, I had a little more, a little more frame rate to work with, but um, I think... I like that it is so demanding because I can tell it's demanding visually. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like I have every setting turned on and oh my god, it's worth it because look at this. Look at this shit. <laughs> um, I am probably done talking about bugs and tech stuff. Do you want to transition into a positive? Yeah, yeah. Let's go from 40 minutes of... One of the most negative gaming events of the year into one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in video games. Should we do that? Yeah. Let's let's talk about Night City, eh? Oh my god. (laughs) So, Night City... Mad Men. Everyone at this point knows that it's good. You know, if you watch the Cyberpunk review, you know the game's buggy and you know Night City is good. I think those are the two bullet points which everyone knows about. But I would say that every review hasn't even done it justice. This is like, not only the greatest video game environment ever made, that's like underselling it. I think it's one of the most technically impressive things I've ever seen. It is so far in front of everything that's ever been done. It's unbelievable. 
The mm. only thing I can remember feeling the same way about is when I first saw Lord of the Rings. I remember <laughs> watching Lord of the Rings and it felt like this was from the future. And it was done yeah. to such an amazing standard that I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And Nice City is just ridiculous. I felt that way about like Saint Denis when I finally got to Saint Denis and Red Dead after like 30 hours, you know, being out in the open world. Mm -hmm. But and Saint Denis is really impressive. And I mean, Red Dead as a whole is really impressive. But uh, Night City is like if they took Saint Denis and then expanded it horizontally by about 400 times and then also did it vertically by about 400 times. Fucking hell, man. It is unbelievable. It's so intricate and layered and detailed. Like every like worthless alleyway that has nothing in it is like... It, like I walk down an alleyway and see the amount of detail that's put into places and it will like make me anxious thinking about the human beings that had to lay this stuff out. And you can look around and you can scan for what I would call... Like, you're looking for where they cheated. You're looking for copy and pasting of pipes and, you know, vents. Yeah. And I and don't see anything. Like, there definitely is. I'm sure there is. assets, but you don't even notice them. But I'm looking for them, and I don't see anything. Everything feels so unique and thought out yeah. on a scale which I've never seen before in, like, any medium. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The reason I said, you know, I, I am okay with the frame rate is because it feels like it's doing things I've never seen before. Yeah. And um, I, I like when a game... This feels like a PC game in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. Mm. And my, my introduction to CD Projekt was uh, Witcher 2, which I played right pretty much right when it came out. And it was I had just gotten a gaming PC for the first time ever, and I played The Witcher 2. And I played it with all the settings turned on. And I, um, you know, didn't know much about frame rates 10 years ago. And in hindsight, I realized now it was probably running at about 25 FPS most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember just being like staggered at how good that game looked. Because it was PC only at the time as well. And they eventually made an Xbox 360 version like two years later. And I remember f like, I, I, so I still have this part of me that's like, okay, the game is running poorly. And it's not like Fallout where it's running poorly because the game is just complete shit. It's <laughs> running poorly because the technology here is ridiculous and it's at a scale that's ridiculous. And it, this feels like the first PC-ass PC game in a long time <laughs> in that regard. It really, like, I mean, we just had the PS5 come out. <laughs> we just had Next Generation hit. And Cyberpunk is more impressive than any of those things by... Uh, an enormous fact m margin and it's you know the tech is good the tech is very good on a pc obviously uh because it's also like the tech is just brute force tech it's not art. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like demon souls where everything yeah. is like everything's perfectly lit by a human being this is just like i have a three thousand dollar gaming pc i'm getting graphics grr just <laughs> yeah it is. shoot the rays everywhere um but it's like this marriage of technology and artistry and scale that has never ever there is nothing i there is nothing to compare it with yeah like it really is nothing you know what cities are there in games so you have like okay gta 5 but that's a two generation old game at this point still a great looking game still an yeah. impressive game but you know you get downtown and it's like four blocks and the buildings only go up like 30 stories and and then you know whatever and and Something like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, you know, that's a pretty dense, 
or Unity, pretty dense, you know, old city, lots of art. But it's still pretty small, relatively speaking, and it's only like four stories high. Yeah. This is the only game, and this is what I was hoping it would do. I, I wanted a game to f- capture the like claustrophobia of a city, of a, of a big city. Mm-hmm. Um, and no game has ever done that before in, until Cyberpunk. And it, it really does. I, I have a distinct memory as a kid going, because I grew up in the country. I remember going to uh, Montreal in Quebec, Canada for the first time, downtown. And I remember sticking my head out the window and being unable to see the top of a skyscraper and just mm-hmm. being like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and that is the, that is a feeling that's never been managed to have been captured in a game. And they did it here. And it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the city is unbelievable. And it is only something that you can appreciate over time yes it is not like you can't just boot it up and then you know like if i were to show this game to people that don't like if my parents they don't pay much attention but they they appreciate you know graphics and arts in games sometimes and and if i were to show they'd be like wow this is really impressive but then you'd have to be like no 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 but you can wander around this map for a hundred hours and not even come close to seeing like 50 percent of the map yeah that's what's the craziest part about it. Um, There's also so many interiors in this city. Yeah, I think that's what really sets it apart from uh, a lot of other games. Is if you have a GTA or yeah. Fallout, you know, uh, a lot of those games they have interiors. You do stuff inside, but you do spend like ninety percent of the game fighting on the streets and driving around in mm-hmm. cars for GTA. Uh, yeah, and there's like a few main missions where you go into buildings and that's about it, yeah. Yeah, but like outside of the police scanner events, there's a lot of interior, uh, you know, mission settings in this game. And oh, yeah. there's no point in this, uh, while traveling around Night City, where you get that that moment. Uh, I kind of feel like Spider-Man's a good example where you fly against the window, uh, not Miles, the uh, the first one, and you mm-hmm. see like the cardboards, you know, cut out yeah. in the window. And you're like, Those oh, are still yeah. in Miles, but yeah. And you're like, oh, all these buildings are hollow, right? It's a video game. Yeah. And it's just you a, know yeah. logically that, you know, Night City has hollow buildings, but your brain never gets there. It feels like a fully fledged city. And I think it tricks you by having you go inside so many of the buildings. It feels so fluid. Yeah. And, and the fact that they do it without loads, right? You mm-hmm. just walk in. Um, and it, this is something that has always, it's such a small thing and it's so weird to point out, I feel like, but it, it's something that really amazed me with The Witcher 3 and it, it applies to this game as well, is that like, I'm always amazed in The Witcher 3 when you walk into like the pub in Novigrad and they have big windows on the front and you're in the pub doing story stuff and you can see out the windows into the square and the world is going on in the background. Yeah. And cyberpunk does that all the time where you're you're up in these you know skyscrapers and you can look out the window and the whole world is there and i don't know why but i just feel like windows aren't are still not very common in games in Mm -hmm. like actual function like i remember looking out a window in fallout 4 and it's like (laughs) and it looks like a ps2 game because they unload the entire world and they do like this fake i think i still have the screenshot saved somewhere yeah and this yeah so you you're able to just you launch the game, you load in, and you never see a loading screen, and you just you can drive from the Badlands into the afterlife, uh, and you know you get this. It it does micro and macro scale in like unbelievable 
uh, ways. It, it yeah. is, it is hard to like put into words because I think it we're really... not like emphasizing the thought that's put into everything. So yeah, the one note that I have that is particular to the look of the game is I think this might be like my favorite game in terms of just visual design in all parts of this game is so good. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like all of the car interiors look incredible. All of the cars look great and are (laughs) like uniquely designed for the game and feel like logical transitions from what we have today. All of the interior design is amazing. Like every piece of furniture, the layouts, like look at Afterlife and V's apartment and the Pirellas' apartment and like all these apartments have so much thought and design and <clears throat> there's like a cohesive design language to all of their their I guess you would call it like production design, right? All their it's like art visual design. storytelling with the history of the world wherever you look. Yeah, and like I only d- realize this once you dig into the lore uh, to the database entries, but like there are Russian made, some of the Russian made, ve- some of the vehicles are Russian made. So there's mm-hmm. like the uh, the street cleaner and like the garbage truck are Russian exports. And you look at that and you're like, okay, they look, I can see the similarities between that, between the two vehicles. And, but then you realize there are Russian made weapons, the, bo- the, the, the weird like tech hand cannon is Russian made and there's a couple other Russian maids. And then you look at those guns and you're like, these look like the cars. <laughs> <laughs> like they look like they're from the same society. Yeah. And like, that's the type of stuff. And honestly, maybe the thing that finally did it for me, I don't know why, but it was going to Totentans. I don't know if you've been there yet. One of the clubs. Hmm, um, not sure. It's the, uh, it's a maelstrom club. It's up on like, it's like up in a mega building and it is, it's comes. It's mentioned a few times in the lore, in like lore entries, and I didn't realize what that it was a club. But there was just something about the name of Totentans. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be like a. I just picture you know gross German night. Oh scene. yes, I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. And you go into the Totentans, and you're like, this is exactly what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's so perfect. And all the clubs in the, the clubs game are, are amazing. They're so good. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to any of them in real life, but <laughs> oh my God, they're so good. <clears throat> they are all so dirty and seedy in just their own, like unique ways and have, but, and they also have that sense of like cool to them. And they all have a completely unique look and personality and history uh, and it's just like every part of the game is that way. It's nuts. Yeah. I remember near the beginning of the game when you first go into the afterlife, and it might have been uh, you know in a note or maybe Rogue said something about why it was called the afterlife. But I had, I didn't really take it in that much until I went around the corner and I saw that it it used to be a morgue and they still have the uh, like the metal slab cases where they put bodies. And I was like, oh. The afterlife. Obviously, it used yeah. to be a morgue. I get it now. I didn't even realize that until you pointed that out. And then I went back and I was like, oh, yeah, like all the metal slabs are pulled out and people are using them as tables. Yeah. Like, wow, that is it's brilliant. so cool. And there's people in like yeah. water tanks as like dancers. Right. God. Yeah. And, and that applies to every single piece in the like game. Like every street uh, in this game. Every street. Like 
I mentioned the cars. I don't like. I don't. I don't give a shit about cars in real life. Yeah. I can appreciate a few cars and be like, wow, that's a nice. It's a visually a nice piece of design, and the interior is beautiful. Great. But like, I don't care about cars. But this game is just like. This game actually made me want to buy a lot of the cars in it. Cause it was like, Look <laughs> yes. at this thing. Like, walk up to one of the quadras. And, and like, all the cars have their own design. Like, the quadras all have... They all look like the way Porsches and Ferraris all look like each other. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just these fictional cars. And then, like, all the character designs are also incredible. Oh, yeah. Every single... And this was something I remember being struck by in The Witcher 2. Uh, every character in The Witcher 2 was like incredibly detailed and covered in all these little things, like all these little, you know, uh, what do they call them? Uh, like, uh, fuck. Piercings, tattoos? Not, well, that to some extent, but like um, trophies, you know, and like little heirloom, like in, you know, Jack Sparrow's costume, right? He's right. covered in all Mementos. these like little trinkets. That's what it was, yeah. trinkets. And and that's the way in this game. Every, and in Witcher 3 it was the same way. Character designs are amazing. But this, it's like every single character, main mission or side mission that you talk to for more than one minute looks amazing. Yeah. And not just artistry, like the character design themselves is amazing and completely unique from every other character, but also just like the technical side of it is also amazing. Yeah. Like the, have you done the... um, Side quest with the uh, J-pop group with Carrie Eurodyne. I did the first uh, leg of that. Okay. The explosion. Well, I think you, right. Okay. So you eventually will meet them. Okay. And there, you never enter a sort of like a cutscene state with most of these characters in the side missions, which is to say, like, you know, you sort of get locked into on rails, right? And, I don't and think it, there they, are cutscenes in the game, right? I mean, there are there are cutscenes like in the sense that it's always in the first person. And you just you lose control, right? And you, in engine things. Yeah, you're like sitting there or you're walking somewhere. Mm-hmm. The, but that's what I mean by a cutscene is when they like lock in and yeah, take camera you. control away from you. But like you never so and when they you know when you do a cutscene in a game, it allows you to like turn off all the other rendering, right? And you can crank up the image quality and character model and lighting and all that shit. And so like. But like most of the side characters in this game, you never see in that way. You're just, they are just in a room and you're talking to them. And the quality of the models is like the best I've ever seen. Yeah. In terms of just like raw, you know, smoothness of their skin and that like geometric data is just like, look at this character model. This looks unbelievable. So I was having a good time taking pictures of the uh, character models during those moments just because they looked so insane. And I took one of Rogue, and yeah. I didn't point it out when I posted this in the Discord, but I looked, and I was like, it says something on her eye. And I, it I really saw it, and it said, it, said, it, it said Oshi. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I went on the internet, and I went on the internet, and I typed oh, yeah, Cyberpunk Oroshi, and I, you know, I just kind of filtered through until I found a wiki page on Kuroshi Optics from Japan. Yeah, and I was like, that's so cool, man. Yeah, I see that. I just noticed that as well. Yeah, because everybody has Kuroshi Optics. That, I hadn't stumbled like... into the lore of that uh, company yet. So I had to like, oh, go online okay. and find it. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the type of detail that you're just like, you know, the, the model of the eye is accurate and has lore behind it. And that applies to every single part of the, <laughs> the city. eyes have lore yeah and <laughs> it really is incredible yeah the the world it, and, and 
that applies to like not just the the artist but like the the lore of the world as well which i think we will talk about um, yeah but just yeah like i'm the last like 20 hours i would just not even it was more like only in the last 10 or so hours as i've gotten almost completely run out of content there's like a handful of you know ncpd things left i put the marker down and i'm just i'm just gonna walk there from now on Mm -hmm. i did that last night i I spent an hour and i did like two ncbd things in watson that i hadn't done and i just walked it would be like a kilometer away turn the mini map off i turned the mini map off like 30 or 40 hours uh, like prior probably halfway through the game i just turned the mini map off for most of it because it's so much more pleasant to just navigate visually uh, yeah. and you get lost. So, but like, so last night I was just walking and you just, you're navigating by, okay, the, the, the marker is somewhere over there. I can see the marker. It's like 800 meters away. I'm just going to walk there. And you, what happens is you stumble upon this alleyway and that alleyway that you've never been down before. And you do that like 50 times in 10 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And every one of them is obscenely detailed. And you're like, you realize, oh, I've never seen this place before. And if I were to try and find it again, I would never be able to find it again. (laughs) Yeah. Because there are so many of them. And there's also like, there's a surprising number of little, um, like little tucked away story things when you're doing that. I don't know if you found many of them, but there are like little encounters sort of that you can find that are not part of any other tier of they're not marked in the map in any way so like i found uh a big there was a maelstrom a couple of maelstrom guys were standing beside a huge truck and they were talking to someone on a on a phone and there were like tire skid marks in front of them like but just on the road and there was smoke coming from the from behind them and it's and you kill them. They were talking to someone. I don't remember what they were saying. And you see, after you kill them, there's a car at the bottom of this like little, you know, drop off in the city, and it's destroyed. And there's a dead guy beside it. And you loot him. And there's an, a text exchange of like, "I have Maelstrom on my ass. My trunk is full of like prime gear. Uh, what do I do?" And and so you're able to figure out, oh, that this was like a little highway robbery that happened. And it's not part of any tier of content it just is there oh nice there's quite i found probably a dozen of those in the last 20 hours that i was playing uh like i found there's like cute little there's some cute little uh, movie easter eggs i found a diehard one of a guy that was trying to crawl out of the vents uh and he had been <laughs> killed by the cops and i found which is diehard and i found a terminator 2 one where it was in the um the like weird you know waterways that are uh, down in the south the the storm drain areas oh yeah there was one of the big trucks was there and it had rammed a motorcycle off and there was a shotgun and a little bit of writing of this you know they were being chased by something that they couldn't kill and there was like a dead robot on the ground and there's and like the the diehard one i just found because i accidentally double jumped up onto a rooftop in downtown somewhere (laughs) and it's like someone just put this here and it's it's not marked on the map at all. Um, it, there's just, there's so much going on visually. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think like, uh, 
it's not it's not just like a visual walk around like it, it feels like a place yeah um, i'm, I'm that... literally just trying to leave this to you because i don't know how i put it into words so i'm just kind of sitting back and i'm going to let you take <laughs> on this job because it is really hard to express just how ridiculous this location is there's just there's so many layers to it it's not just graphics it's not just no, cool it's architecture not just... No, it's it's like it's also sound design. There's a lot of amazing sound work in the game. Uh, I remember two years ago or whenever they did that first gameplay demo, and you walk out of V's apartment, and there was the sound of the trauma team ads echoing through the apartment building, mm-hmm. the mega building. And I remember just being struck by that because it just sounded so. They just nailed the the voice acting and the tone and the echoing, and it just felt so dystopian. And when you walk out of your apartment for the first time, that that ad plays exactly like that. And there's just, it's stuff like that as well, all over the place with the sound design, where it's just like this, this like weird melancholy guy saying, trauma team, dial 9999 because you're worth it. And it's just this yeah. the, the weird echo on it. It's just so perfect. And the weird droning oppressive sounds that play all over the city uh, don't walk don't walk oh the fucking don't walk that's the worst (laughs) thing in this whole game (laughs) no even that is good like that there's just something weirdly just off with that voice you know and like (laughs) i don't know i'm sure there are cities that have a verbal like they actually say that well in england we got don't go near the line or whatever Right, yes. Yeah. Mind the gap. Mind the gap, that. that's it. Yes. But like, you know, where I am, when you press the button to get the crosswalk, uh, it's like a little bird chirp. So it's like, you yeah. know, it's very pleasant, right? It's, nice. it's like this nice little chirping bird. But in Cyberpunk, it's like, walk, walk, don't walk, <laughs> yeah. don't walk, don't walk. And she never fucking shuts up. And there's just so much stuff like that. Like all the... um. When you finally get to the end of the game, there's and you see the credits, there's an entire department of like 20 people. Their entire job for God knows how many years was ads, in-game yeah, ads. I can imagine. And they're all so good. They're all so weird. They're all like some, a lot of them really capture that um, Robocop, like I'd buy that for a dollar type of grossness. Uh, and they're all, a lot of them are really good. Uh, I think a good word for it is atmosphere. Yes. You have to earn that with a lot of work in these cities. Otherwise, it just feels, you know, like a, a bunch of polygons you're walking around in. And there's an amazing sense of atmosphere in every nook and cranny. I don't think there was ever a section or a street in Cyberpunk where I felt... Uh, like I do about other parts of the game, where like this isn't finished. There's there's never a yeah. road or alleyway where it just feels like it isn't done, except for maybe a wall missing. <laughs> but when oh, it comes sure. to like yeah. the liveliness of, also it feels like it feels like there's was almost like cine- cinematography thought put into some of like the viewpoints for where you walk. Like you know some of the some of the uh, parts in the witness where they line up. There's there's a couple of moments in the game during like cutscenes and scenery and places you're driving where you can tell you're like the 1,000th person to maybe take a screenshot of this certain thing because someone's yes. designed the sun to come through this little square 
And it's just, it's hard to quantify. It's really hard to put into words. That's why I'm kind of leaving it to you. There is so much effort put into every asset of the city. Yeah. And like The Witcher 3 was this way as well. The Witcher 3 is a like if you if you really spend time walking around The Witcher 3 and looking at things <clears throat> and thinking about the placement of things, they all make sense. Like every town exists with logic behind it. They're not just yeah. placed. I actually thought back to um when we did the best of the generation, you mentioned uh your exploration of The Witcher 3 and when you found that yeah. town near the water supply. And I thought about that when walking around Cyberpunk because I felt like that example worked for everywhere in the city. Yeah. And th- this this is like the biggest expansion of Novigrad ever. Like prior mm. to this, you would say, what's the best, what's one of the best cities in games? And I would immediately think Novigrad because it's not a very big area, but they cram so much into it. It's so dense and it all like makes sense. You know, the 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 church is at the highest point, right? And then the poorest area is down in the in the shit, literally. And you have all these little alleyways and these funny crooked buildings. Like, it feels like York, you know, where it's <laughs> just like, this has been here for a thousand years. And there's people bustling everywhere. And so the, the, they were, their world designers were always really good. And they did Gosh, amazing yeah. work in The Witcher 3. But they just... Everyone in the art team... Well, not even yeah. Just everyone. I don't world team. So world like everyone that did sound design, character design, art design, map layout. Like it's probably you know seventy percent of the staff that worked on the game worked on those things, right? Feels like yeah. Um, and they all just did such incredible work. It really is impossible to 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 describe. Uh, There's just so much going on at all times and. On PC, at least the um, the like crowd and pedestrian density can get really nuts. Yeah. Um, like and it, and it seems like it's on a a schedule. Like at night, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. During yeah. the day, at like noon, it's pretty quiet. But I think like at rush hour, I mean, there are times where you can't even drive because there are so many cars on yes, the road. Yes, I fucking noticed. And you can barely walk <laughs> down the sidewalk because there are so many people. Um, and I've not seen that before in games, you know, I mean, I guess the AC unity a little bit, but they were terrible. And, you know, you walk around St. Denis was not bad about that stuff. There's pretty, pretty packed. Yeah. But yeah, you combine all these elements, all the sound design, all the art design, all the technology, and it is just the most unbelievably impressive piece of world that I've seen and it and it is not just it, it's all backed up by lore as well mm-hmm. um, you, you have to go out your way a little bit and put in the effort to like dig into that stuff it, it took yeah. me and you like two days to find where that was even <laughs> stored in the fucking menus yeah but it is really worth reading into that stuff not only because it's just like good sci-fi uh, but just because it brings everything together when you see the cohesion and you see like why the gangs are where they are and why the buildings right. look the way they are and where the money's like gone and where the money hasn't gone and there's some really cool really cool stuff in that department i think yeah and and you you can the world is enhanced by that stuff like yeah. i said you know i read i haven't read all the i i'm still i still have vehicle and weapon entries that i want actually i don't think i, I still have 
district entries as well that I want to read. Yeah, because they keep um, popping up as you go along. Right, that's part of the problem. Um, but like I said, you know, the the there's like four paragraphs of lore for the garbage trucks. Yeah. And the city buses. The city buses and the street cleaners are from Russia. They're part of they're they're Russian exports and and like this car, you know, this manufacturer has this history and this district, well, it didn't exist 30 years ago because of the fucking nuclear bomb that went off <laughs> and it was a giant homeless camp and then people realized it was it had a nice view and gentrified the whole thing and kicked all the hobos out and turned it into North Oak where all the celebrities live now and you're like, "Oh, Oh, that yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I do think that maybe there could have been an alternate way to get some of this information across to the player. You can yeah. obviously explore and deduce some of this stuff yourself. They do a really good yes. job of that. But you do get a lot of extra value out of exploring if you put in the time to go through these, you know, the databases and all these written things. And yeah. I couldn't find them for two days. And there's right. a lot of them. And, you and know, the sorting is terrible. <laughs> not a lot of gamers like to read like 100 pages worth of history. And unfortunately, yeah. there's not really a way to avoid that when you're going to jump into a really complex, alive place that has history. You know, how right. do you do If you're not there from day one, like, what are you going to do? And I saw a lot of people online saying, oh, Cyberpunk's like jumping into a TV series on season 11. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I get that. But that's kind of how it feels to visit a city. Like when you right. go to New York, if you haven't read the history, it's the exact same thing. You don't know what anything, you know, maybe New York's not it's the best It's just like sensory overload. You know. But if you go to any big city, you don't know what's like gone on. You don't know who lives where. You don't know what areas for are what for What districts which. are good. And yeah, yeah. You have to research. Yeah. Just that's like you're, you're a tourist. Those travel basically. guides, those books where it's just like, you know... Here's your guide to Paris, to New York. Yeah. Like, and if you're a good traveler, you will sit down before you go abroad and you will read oh, into yeah. things. And oh, absolutely. That's what yeah. Night City is so expansive and deep that you just kind of have to do the same thing. If you wander yeah. around, you are going to be a bit confused about what's going on. Yeah. And, and you know, the city, the world in Cyberpunk has existed for a long time. I mean, yeah. it started, it's a pen and paper RPG that's been around for like 25 or 30 years um, and has, you know, extensive history. And, I, I love that. I'm, I'm all for it. But it, it does make it... You have to put in the work to really appreciate that those aspects of it. Yeah, you do. And, um, you know, story-wise, it does feel in some ways like you are sort of being thrown into the deep end of the pool, um, which we'll get into. And I think for me that worked, but I, it is... It, you know, it definitely needed... Uh, Let's just say this game as a whole needs better onboarding, which we'll uh, get talk about shortly. I think. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking through. I think you've done a good job. World notes here. I think um, you've got you've done a good job of laying out the layers of the city, because I feel like all the reviews I watch, people were just like, "Night City's really good. It's the best video game environment," and it's like those those are good words, but there's more than it just being like a really pretty big city. And yeah. I left well, it to you. Well, you said layers. Think, yeah. Like, this is, like, I've never played a game that has layers like this before. Yeah. Like, I I, I, my, I think maybe one of my favorite spots in the whole game is, um, well, the two that are my, uh, Kabuki is just incredible. Mm -hmm. 
um, because there's so much going like you have these little weird like shanty town huts and then these apartment buildings and then uh the mega building off in the distance and then there's like a highway on top of a highway on top of a, a road the and layers are so so good and then i also love the uh downtown park reconciliation park mm-hmm. uh because it's it's such a weird clash of like here's this park dropped down there's a super highway running around it running over top of it there is like an air roadway you know because of all the like airships are clearly flying uh, in like you know airspace above it there's colossal skyscrapers on all sides kind there's... of has that like kentucky route zero and control yeah. dreamscapeness going on at times a little bit yeah but like in a way that is believable yeah in a way that like you know i don't know I don't. It's hard to say. It's hard to predict what our cities will look like in fifty years, but they're probably going to look pretty fucking weird yeah. at a certain point I mean, because it, the population ex- and like travel requirements are, you know, at a certain point, I feel like just driving is going to be like a, a ridiculously bad way of getting around. I do feel like if, expansion if upwards is probably the most logical step for a lot of cities. Because otherwise you're just stretching out into more land, which, you know, eventually there's going to be a limit of land. What is New York going to do? You know, I mean, they, 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 you know, you could do like they're doing in Dubai and like just build land Mm -hmm. for kilometers and kilometers. But but eventually you don't want to drive 10 miles within like a city to go from district to district. So you just start going up. So, like, all the, like, four-story buildings in New York will have to eventually become 40 stories, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, yeah, uh, it's it's a pretty, uh, yeah, the, 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 it is, it is, like, like I said, I played 100 hours, more than 100 hours, actually, because I did, you know, myths and beauty video recordings, which were on a separate save. So, I'm at, like, 125 hours of the game running, which is, you know, I, I definitely had it running while working for some stretches there but like a hundred hours of playing and i am still constantly like awestruck by the world and the scope and the detail and i am still constantly lost and finding spots that are i've never seen before and there are they're beautiful when it comes to the creative medium of just making things I think yeah. it's one of the best collaborative projects has ever been done. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It's absurd. The- and, I, you know, I don't want to end the, the positive part of the review on a negative. But as you were saying, like, right at the beginning, when we were talking about the elephant in the room, and I was saying it was sad, um, the saddest thing about Cyberpunk is that this work, this triumph, is yeah. just not really being focused on. You know, obviously, it's been complimented by everyone who's played it. Everyone's like, yeah, Night City's really good. But it must just be so brutal for these people to have the focus of this project that they put so much love and, you know, mm-hmm. you know effort into just be overshadowed by decisions made by probably a very small amount of people. Yeah, I don't want definitely. to keep bringing it down because this is the one positive part of the, the, the review. But, you know, walk around that city, it's like, man, it sucks that there is like millions of people seeing this, how they should see it. And yeah, anyway, anyway, I don't want to go backwards. I, 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 yeah, that's the part that makes me like most excited about the future of cyberpunk. It's mm-hmm. just more like it'll get better and people will be able to appreciate that work more and I'll get to see more of it. Like I'm 
excited to see what their DLCs are. I'm excited to just replay it. And just because I know that every path through it will be different just oh yeah literally in how you traverse the city and i mean i love games where i can just walk around and look at stuff and cyberpunk is the best one of those i think that has ever been made they really don't need to make new areas for expansions i'm sure they will put something in there but they actually really don't have to i don't think that yeah like they could you could i said this to you uh or in our chat a while ago to i was like you could make i would play an entire second game that is like 50 hours long mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. Easily. You know, I mean, I would expect like some new interiors, right? That yeah. would add in for missions. But the world is so expansive and so thoughtfully made that I would play, yeah, an, a full other game worth, at least a full other game's worth. And I think you can definitely understand, you can definitely sort of see their like longer term plan in in motion here a little bit with like the online will happen at some point and it's like yeah i understand why you know like they want to they want to milk the space that they put so much time into exactly exactly like if gta online can exist in in gta 5's world which is still a great world but it's not you know it's not that crazy by 2020 standards Mm -hmm. um for 10 years almost or seven or whatever it's been you know, you can, I can see myself still enjoying walking around Night City in like 10 years from now. Yeah, I want to know that city off by heart. I want to be able to walk around it just from knowledge, you yeah. know, memory. And and that's one of the best parts that I enjoyed about turning the mini-map off is I, near, in the la- latter half of my time with it, I've been able to navigate some parts of it, some small little areas mm-hmm. by knowledge by map knowledge and just being like ah here's the turn off into kabuki got it or here's the road to get up to this spot and there's only like you know a very small little parts of it that i have learned but that feels accurate to a big city yeah in a way that nothing has ever felt where it's like ah i'm just now i know now how to get from here to here without looking at a map uh and it took uh, two weeks of learning the map and that you know i've learned maybe like 0.5 percent of the map <laughs> yeah i'd say the same yeah in 100 hours uh it's it's crazy 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 yeah they, they really outdid themselves and i don't think it's the only part of the game that is really good but it is the part like we said of the game that is the least compromised and mm-hmm. i know some people will say like Oh, the world needs way more like interactivity and Oh, um, we'll get there. I guess. But like I am not one to engage with that sort of stuff. I I uh, like I don't do mini games. I don't do like I just like to walk around and look at things and um you know, I understand and and I agree that there are it needs some expansion in yeah. that those areas. But I this doesn't feel any less complete in those areas for how I play these games versus some like in Red Dead, you know, all the there's all these things you can do and I will only ever do them once and it's when the story tells me to do them. Like that's just how I am. I, I, I'm just not terribly interested in that stuff. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get we'll get to that well, yeah. as a point, but maybe it's not should, a huge deal for me. Maybe we should transition into that since it is Still, sure. you know, it's a subcategory of the world of Night yeah. City. 
uh, you know, I let you cover uh, what I think is the greatest positive of the game. Uh, and I actually think there are other really significant positives in this game. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, but my biggest problem with the game is the thing that you just said wasn't really a problem for you. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just the lack of significant interactivity and activities in Night City. There was something strangely disconnecting about walking around uh, an amazing, amazing location with, like you said, just a really great atmosphere. Uh, the the NPCs are a little bit goofy looking, I'm going to say. You know, the, oh, yeah. the proper characters have amazing models, but the NPCs in the city are a little bit goofy. But apart from them being strange and, you know, the traffic being a bit weird, I actually think just walking around the city is quite immersive. Um, but after a while, uh, especially after 20 to 40 to 60 hours... When V, like, never sleeps, never eats, never goes to oh, her apartment, yeah. like, all these things just start to slowly disconnect me from the world. And there is a little bit of repetition to some of the activities in the game. We will get to that in a little bit. Uh, I just started to feel like I was playing a cybernetic mercenary simulator who never needed to sleep, eat, or do anything. Uh, there is just something missing from the liveliness of this city. And maybe we were spoilt from the effort that Red Dead put in, and obviously the scale was so much, like, substantially smaller for that team, and Rockstar is just... Anyway. There's just some strange moments in the game. Like, this game has some of my favourite aesthetics in bars and pubs I've ever seen, and you sit at the bar and ask for a drink, and it will just open up a menu like they're a vending machine. Just open up the Witcher 3 menus. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there's I think... moments in the game where, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but they're like, we added this drink to a bar. And I'm like, ooh, right. okay, I'm going yeah. to order it. And then it just opens up a vending machine menu of, like, you know, cans of drink. And also that drink is not in the menu. Yeah, no, there's no drink. You can't order drinks at a bar. You can just buy the consumables, which are completely useless. I don't know why they're in the game. They, like, clog up your menu and... Anyway. I don't know. Um, Because The Witcher 3 did it. (laughs) And I don't know why they did it in The Witcher 3 either. But the bars are so plentiful and expressive and amazing in this place. And there's, okay, this is the weird part. There's actually missions where you drink beer and coffee in the missions. So the animations animations. are in the game. And they have eating animations and all these things. Yeah, Yeah. so why can't I just sit at a bar when there's like 17 of them that are amazing in the game and like main missions take place? Why can't I sit at a bar and just have a drink? You've made the animations to drink beer. And by the way, you can't finish that beer. I tried. I just drank that beer like 40 times wow. and it never goes bottomless beer, right? <laughs> it's bottomless Damn. beer. And like in the game, you go to a casino. And obviously it's Night City. Do it's you? like, uh, yeah, there's a gig. Casino? Yeah, there's a gig. Um, I oh, think... yeah, there's a few casinos, actually. There's a few like gambling dens, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, and there's like you see roulette yeah. tables and you just can't, you can't do anything with them. It's a, it's a like crime-filled city. And there's... The only activity I can even remember is there's two prostitutes. Two. <laughs> there are a few more that do open oh, up. <laughs> well, thank God, because those poor two prostitutes, being the only two prostitutes in Night City, fucking hell, the waiting list must be tremendous. I, I feel <laughs> sorry for those ones. Yeah. But it's like, I, I'm like... Again, that's that all just comes down to, I feel like, you know, 
if they had another year, I feel yeah. like all those things would have been. And I know I'm listing like superficial things to a world, but they they add up. They yeah. do. They yeah. And it's in my f- case, like I'm a weirdo that like takes the character ba- like I would go back to V's apartment and sleep when I would get to the end of a session, like a oh, long like six hour yeah, session. I never did that. I would go back and I would, but I do that with all games. Like I'm just that's sort of how I've always been. But you're not like you're completely right. Like all these things need to be there, and it's interesting how. It's exactly like The Witcher 3. Yes, it really is. The world is just like a matte painting backdrop for you to walk around in. There is really no interactivity. The only thing you can do in The Witcher 3 is play Gwent with people, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, a sub-menu that pops up. But in, it really is something, in, Gwent. It really helps for me it's to something. kind of put myself oh, and in I mean, that world. Yeah, and, and Gwent is, you know, it's no small something mm-hmm. at that. But... You know, every, like, The Witcher has tons of bars and pubs and inns and all these things. And you just walk up and you say, let me see what you have. And you get a giant fucking list of chicken sandwiches and beer bottles to add to your inventory. And it's funny how exactly the same this is. But I think the switch to first person makes you, and the 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 setting and the city itself makes you want to interact with it more. Yeah. And... I totally agree that that stuff should be there. Um, is and this, this weird it probably disp- will get there, I hope right? Because so. like- <laughs> there's this weird constant disparity in uh, Cyberpunk where you are essentially seeing one aspect of the game which is the best ever made in video games. And I'm not saying I expect every aspect to be up to the uh, standard of Night City. But you do expect it to be like a bit more forward from 2016 and a bit further back. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you can't even, like, customize your character. You can't customize your cars or store them in a garage. They always get summoned. You, you can't even upgrade your apartment. And you get a lot of cash in this game. Like, if it, it feels like a GTA kind of gradual working up the food chain thing, but you never, like, change the way you live, which seems weird to me. A lot of parts of the game feel old. Yeah. Um, in surprising ways. And, yeah, like... I didn't spend much time on the character customization because, mm-hmm. I mean, A, it's a first-person game. B, I don't give a shit. And C, I presumed, like every open-world game, it would have a tattoo parlor and a barber shop. Yes. You know? And this doesn't. But the weird thing like, to you- me is every other core pillar of this game, while incomplete, is still in like a pretty good state of progression. The story, yeah. the combat... The characters, they are all almost there. They're not, but they're almost there and they're getting there. And you can really see when you play the main missions and you listen to the characters and when you use the guns, you're like, ooh, there's some problems here, but like they're they're going somewhere and in like a year. Oh, yeah. But there's just this one core of the game which feels strangely missing. I, I bet it is. Like I bet. You'd they expect had... there to be something though. Like something that I bet they I bet they wanted to have all these things. And then when they were told you're shipping it in November of this year, they were like, we don't have time to implement these. We'll implement them later. Yeah, I guess Let's so. just put in the Witcher three systems that are already built. We can just slap them in there and we'll get to all that stuff later. Like that's what it feels like. But it even really like the police, like, you know, everyone's talked about the police, the garbage is completely They're broken so and unfinished, terrible. but at least it's yeah. like there, like a prototype of that system is there. And obviously it's right. not finished. But like, there's not even like a prototype of darts or, you know, there's like nothing yeah. there. And there's like street race mini missions 
and there's boxing like four of them. mini missions, but like they don't happen outside of like the four missions. It's like you have the right. UI for racing. Uh, the AI is terrible in those races. They teleport everywhere. Oh, the guard. It's very bad. Yeah. But like, why can't I just like naturally engage in this stuff? Yeah, I agree. And I agree. It's only because Night City is so good that when you have like this missing, this last little soul of that city missing, it was just like, I don't know, man. It was just a little bit disappointing to me. One, one aspect of the game is the best ever made, and another aspect is like gone. Not there. Yeah. yeah not and, like the story's yeah. there, the missions are there, the gunplay is there, and yeah. there's just like this little extra piece, and it's not essential. You don't need it. You know, the Bethesda boys barely ever do anything for their games when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, you're right. They don't really have much of anything. And like you uh, said, The Witcher doesn't have that much stuff. It's more like a GTA Yakuza thing. But I don't know. It's just a 2020. They were going for the next revolution. And like you said, it was probably on the roadmap and just got cut. But uh, I don't know. It's just a little bit weird walking around the city and not just taking the time to live in it. Like, I want to live in that city and I don't feel like I'm living. I just feel like I'm working. And I enjoy the work. The work's fun, but I want to, I don't know, take an hour off and just sit at a bar and have a pint and I can't. And it's just like, ugh. Let me let me live in this place, man. I don't want to just walk around it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, that, so, that type of interactivity just goes a long ways yeah. to selling the whole thing that's why red dead is so feels so magical is because they just they made the whole game about those little interactions like, another like really small example is when you walk around the city sometimes there are these like great tourist exhibitions and they have these plaques like you know when you travel in real life they put plaques and they're mm-hmm. historic plaques and you can read them but you can't in cyberpunk and i'm like i want to know what this thing is like there, there was the one in north uh was it north oak with these giant oh, the weird like, birds yeah with the pillars and there's like this little tourist oh, the pillars. Plaque. what was that oh yeah oh i thought you meant like the, there's like some bird statues uh, yeah and but the, yeah, i know what you mean the cemetery yeah, yeah it almost looks like the holocaust museum in berlin well there is a database entry for that oh okay but there's a plaque outside like why can't i click oh, on the, yeah. the plaque yeah. and like read and it? there is a um there's like a voiceover voice that comes on and explains what it is sort of oh. um but like but, again the interactivity yeah, know, like yeah. if i was a taurus in real life i would go up to that plaque and read the history of it and it's there mm-hmm. modeled like just make it go to the database if you want just when i click on it yeah yeah there yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff like that that just it would just elevate the whole experience yeah and, and like you said it feels bit. like they started because um i couldn't think of a specific example when you were talking about the um like non-icon events when you walk around the city but there was there are some things like i've seen shootouts and fights and there's some yeah. really fun dialogue of people just talking as you walk around so there's like yeah there's quite a lot of just like characters talking yeah. to each other and having a conversation that just adds and i think there's even like a tutorial pop-up or something that says like Sometimes it's worth just hanging out and listening to people because it adds uh, their conversations, tell you more about the environment. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's just sort of fluff conversation, but it does. It does add something to it. Um, I think like the small guy... aspect of Red Dead, just being able to say hello to people yeah. and them to be like, hey, howdy, partner. Yeah, it's funny how many parts of Cyberpunk are exactly like The Witcher 3, yeah. including how you bump into anyone and they go, whoa, and... Why don't you spit you on me? Hit, it's like, oh, sorry. You hit, yeah, <laughs> or you hit talk to the people and they just say, this. They, like in The Witcher 3, they have like four lines of dialogue and that's all you ever hear from anyone. Yeah. And th- this is exactly the same. And the 
the consumables menu is exactly the same and the lack of interactivity is exactly the same. Um, but you know, the Witcher three is five years old. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't, it shouldn't be exactly the same. It's been five years. Yeah. Um, like parts of this game feel like they are five years in the past and another part feels like it's five years in the future. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just strange at times. It is a very strange game as a whole. Mm Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like we should now go back a little bit and start at like the beginning uh, because this the, my feelings on Cyberpunk were a bit of a journey. Yeah, we should probably do onboarding now. Like I I I will I think I've we've sort of said it but like on a high level for me just like a, a broad summary like I I very much like Cyberpunk. Yeah. Me too. Even though it's got many flaws and frustrations and parts of it that aren't fully baked, I really like it and wouldn't play 100 hours of a game if I didn't really like it. Mm -hmm. But it was not that way out of of the gate. Uh, No, me neither. And we chose um, different paths at the beginning. Yeah, so the first, like, 15 hours of this game... Maybe actually the the whole game, it, it's just like the worst onboarding, worst explained game I've played. I don't remember since when. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just impenetrable. Like, we're still talking about things and we're like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how this works. <laughs> like, I still don't know how the fucking damage mods work. I still don't know if, I still don't know how much health an enemy has. Do you know one thing like, I, I can, still don't know is when you yeah. you do that little hacking minigame on the access points and you get right. money and it gives you these things called quick hack components. And I'm like, what are I those no for? Idea. I quick hack I all no the time. Idea. and it's Does it cost stuff to do that? I have no what, idea. What are those for? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and like that applies to so many things where it's like, I you know, we've sort of started to try and find like the highest crit damage build possible. Mm-hmm. And I can I got a crit yes last night for seven hundred and fifty thousand damage. Hell yeah! And it's like, I don't know how much health an enemy has though. I think like two thousand. <laughs> but like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like one of the notes I, I so I took so I I wasn't sure what I was wanted to, wanted to do with this game in terms of like content wise after myths I was like do I want to do a review or not I, so I took I took some notes that were as I was playing in the first ten hours and then stopped because I was it was going to be a bad way to play that game. But there were so, so it's like, and one of the notes I have is, um, is 120 damage per second good? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like th- that was one of the questions I had out of the gate when I got a, a gun and it was like, Oh, this is 120 and this one's a hundred. And it's like, is that good? <laughs> Yeah. Like how much how much health do the enemies have? And now that I've played over 100 hours of it, I still have no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah. Like I obviously their health goes up a bit over as, you know, it sort of scales with your level a little bit Does it? to some extent. Okay. I I, I, didn't I, know that. I would imagine. Okay. But I I I don't know, I'm just presuming. <laughs> um because yeah, uh there's like I have no idea how much health they have. Like I said, 120 DPS, maybe that's good. Like, I should really pick up a gun that has, like, 200 DPS and put it on and see how it is. Because the damage numbers I'm putting out now are so obscene that, like, 
it doesn't matter i think unless the enemy maybe the enemies do have a hundred thousand health i don't fucking know <laughs> I um know either, man. and there's so many things like that i remember um trying to figure out when how how to know if an enemy would get mad at me they don't say when you're trespassing in the game and there's no way to know no no like so redness they, on the map there's nothing Right. So the the way you tell an enemy is they have a yellow little line. They have a little yellow arrow above their head. And it's like, which is never explained. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's like, okay. So these guys are enemies, which basically just means it is okay for you to kill them. Because in a lot of areas, the enemies will not treat you as an enemy. You can just walk right past them. They're just chilling. They're, they're just... The yellow arrow just means they are part of an enemy faction. Yeah, they're like armed and ready to fight. Yeah, if you shot them in the head, they would all turn on you and you would not get uh, the police called on you. Mm -hmm. But there is no way to know when an enemy or an action will cause an enemy to start shooting at you. And I, I remember sending screenshots of trying to figure out if there was any way to know and I was just being an idiot and I was missing it and there isn't and it, I was standing in front of like a you know an entranceway with the little uh, the little barricade thingy that drops down and I was standing on the road side of it the public side of it and there were two guys enemies standing like two feet in front of me and you look at the mini map nothing look in scan them nothing you take two steps forward they all turn hostile <laughs> I've and got to the point that 70 hours later, I'm still just like creeping forward, looking for the right. prompt to go red, and then I run backwards. Right. It's like and, walking on landmines. And there's there's no way to know that. And even last night, I came across some enemies that were, they were all just chilling. And I thought, okay, I'm obviously going to turn them all aggro as soon as I walk up to them. And I just walked right past them and they didn't care mm-hmm. because that they're just chilling. Sometimes they're just chilling. And sometimes <laughs> and you'd be in a situation where you can like pick up an access code and sometimes it's fine for you to just right. pick up an access code and sometimes they'll turn on you. That was another thing that happened early on. I, there is a, a little side gig and there's a, a key card sitting yeah. in front of a guy who's staring right at it. And in every other video game on Earth, especially Bethesda games, which this game is very much a Bethesda game in a lot of ways, which I think we should talk about. Yeah. Um, the... You know, you hover over the thing and it set and and your prompt turns red and there's a little brackets that say you're stealing this and you're able to deduce, okay, if I take this while this guy is looking at it, he's gonna get mad. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, how are we the In point game, where that system isn't obvious? Like have we gone backwards from that? <laughs> right. This game doesn't have that system at all. Just make the text you, red. And and it's in fact it it is counterintuitive because there are tutorial prompts that say there's no such thing as stealing in Night City. Yeah. Loot everything. No one gives a shit. That is also, that is false. Why is that a thing? Did they just not put in like a system? Because that just feels I weird would presume in the context so. of the world. Just like loot people's stuff. It just feels kind of weird. I would presume that that was, you know, a thing that they just didn't get, get around to implementing. Because, yeah. again, it's not true. Like, <laughs> yeah. you... There are, if you walk up to an enemy area and take something from in front of them, they all turn aggro on you. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically the key cards. If an enemy is looking at you and you pick up the key card, he pulls out a shotgun and shoots you in the face. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no way to know that. I know we haven't and... got onto um, the AI in the game yet, but I really wish we could move on past the you know the the whole AI group being alerted by one action, and they all know, and they're all going to shoot you dead for like picking up a key card. I just like I, I, I wish we could go past that. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of there were quite a few games this gen that, or most of them are that way, where you alert one enemy and the entire base knows exactly where you are. And yeah. It just sucks. Like, can we get past that? Like, come on. Like, it sucked in Assassin's Creed 2 mm-hmm. 14 years ago. No questions, they're like, just all shooting you. It's like, is that how the laws work in this city? Well, and, and it's just pick, like, pick they wouldn't all card. know where I was. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't make any sense. They, they didn't even communicate. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's just a lot of stuff like that. Um, Especially at the beginning when you're trying to like get your feet on the ground. It's really overwhelming. And that's the thing. It's, it's all things that you just adapt to and, and figure out. Yeah. But it's so bad out of the gate. And all of those things are made worse by the fact that uh, like you're dealing no damage to people. Yeah. Like, Fuck. And you're taking insane amounts of damage. Like, I, I remember early on, I had a double-barreled slug shotgun or something, or a sawed-off shotgun, and I had to shoot a guy 12 times point-blank to kill him. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this game? It reminded and... me of playing Morrowind. I, re- I remember trying to play Morrowind after I really loved Oblivion, and I was obviously yeah. a level 1 versus a level 3 rat, and I was just bashing this rat with a, a <laughs> battle axe, and I was doing, like, one damage... And then I eventually fell off the game because I think, you know, the games have just got a bit more approachable. But it felt yeah. like, I don't know when that game came out, probably like 2009. And it felt like an ancient Morrowind? RPG. Morrowind, yeah. Morrowind was like, yeah, 2003. Yeah, it felt, it reminded me of Morrowind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I don't it need does. games to be realistic. But no, 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 no. I'm shooting just explain in, it. in the head. Yeah, just explain it and balance it. And I mean, this game is like, this game is not balanced at all like that is add to the long list of things that would have gotten sorted out in another six to 12 months of playtesting. you you know you go through it and immediately i can tell you this game needs a balance pass yeah the gun balance Um, is insane and i mean this is sort of like we're jumping around big time here but it's the only way to do it um I think there's a lot of stuff in this game that is unbalanced in a way that I really like and is very fun. Yeah, I'm with Because a lot of games are so up their own fucking ass nowadays and everything's got to be so, you know, everything has to be, you have to maintain that like level of difficulty all the way through and you never feel like you're actually getting stronger and, um, you know, God forbid you find something that's overpowered and then they patch it and it's like, oh, we don't want you to have too much fun. Yeah. Um, this game is just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Literally every single thing in this game is completely brokenly overpowered after a certain point. And I think that's great. Yeah, I it's agree. It's too overpowered. <laughs> yeah. And you, you get there too early. But I think it's great that like every gun type can feel broken. Every... I've I've read melee can be incredibly powerful. I've read hacking can be incredibly powerful. Hmm. I think though that is surprising to me, and it's great that they just let you go crazy. Like when you found that mod early on, and it's the only mod that's interesting in the game where it's like there is no more vertical recoil on yeah, this gun. Yeah, that's fun. And you can also get rolls of guns that have no horizontal recoil Ooh. and stack them. 
I've only seen seen revolvers with no horizontal recoil, but still, I I did have a revolver at one point that had no horizontal or vertical recoil, <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah, like, and, and the, the disappointing thing with the mods is that there's really not much variety to the mods. Yeah. When you when you posted that saying this mod has no vertical recoil, mm-hmm. I thought, wow, my mind was racing right, about all right. the crazy shit. And that's one of those things that makes me really excited for modders because the attachment and mod system in this game feels ripe for modders to just be like, here is the cyberpunk mod mega pack that has like some guy has made like 400 new mods and attachments for guns Mm -hmm. and they're all crazy. Um, That's exciting. But yeah, there's not enough variety to them and the attachments are all like the suppressors are incredible or the one blue suppressor is insane insanely powerful because it you get a 2.5x damage modifier when attacking from stealth but then all of the other attachments are completely boring and useless like all the scopes are like increase your ads time by 0.013 and it's like what the fuck like what if it was like you know the the white one is a percentage and then the purple one is 20 percent, that would make sense And, and again that just feels like one of these things that is, they would have added that, right? In time, it would have been balanced and they would have been like, oh, maybe we should make these mods more interesting and scale better. Yeah. Um, one thing I do but, wish, going back to uh, the guns getting overpowered, Yeah. I'm with you. I like that the builds get ridiculous. Yeah. But I wish there was something to use it on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yes. I really enjoyed our back and forth on Discord where we were doing these stupid min-max crit builds and we were just, you know, looking through the RPG trees and seeing how far we could push it. But, like, the other day, I I, I think I randomly picked up a, a different gun and I shot someone and did 2,000 damage and they still died in one hit. And I was like, I'm right. doing 500,000. Like, can I... Like, give me, like, a big robot or something. Like, I, I want to feel need it. need, like, a raid. Yeah. <laughs> like, a single-player like, raid Like, it's or just, something. like... Yeah. I know there's, like, main quests and side quest boss fights, but they're still going down there's, in one hit. Yeah. Like, give me something. I mean, like, it's an RPG. Put, like, an error on the map where if I go there, I get attacked by something horrible and formidable, like a big X. Like, give me something to uh, build up a crazy build against. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's, yes, it's it's the problem. The note I have is like it's really fun that the weapons are really broken and overpowered, but it means that you are one shotting everything, like twenty hours into the game. Yeah, and it basically nullifies combat. It's still fun. It still is fun. It's the loot. Like the crazy thing to me is that I I had more fun with the loot system in this game than I did with Borderlands 3's gun systems. And oh, interesting, because some people don't like the loot. Uh, and, you know, it is weird for this type of game to have, like, a Diablo Neo-type loot system. I, I kind of really like the loot system in this game. Me too. And I didn't know that there was a loot system. Yeah. I think it's until... fun to pick up, like, 20 weapons in there to be, like, this weird economy and you're breaking it down and you're, you know, you're yeah. farming it and making money. I just, I know it's not for everyone, but I kind of like no. it. My type of thing. I do too, and and there's like good weapon variety. Yes. Uh, I never have equipped a melee weapon, so I haven't even touched any of the melee yeah, stuff me in this game, and that's exciting for a replay. Yeah. But just the the gun variety is good. There's enough visual variety, like you find guns that have different skins on yeah. them, which is fun. There's the mods do a lot, and things scale interestingly and are fun. And yeah, I just like Borderlands Three 
I felt like I was using the same six guns over and over again, and they were just getting more powerful, and that was it. And none of them were that crazy. And this game, the you know, it doesn't have fantastical guns quite, though you do have the smart guns, which are very stupidly strong. Yeah. Um, but there was... I spent way more time chasing builds and experimenting than I have with a lot of loot games over the last few years. And I think it is a, it's a fun loot game and I really yeah. liked it as a loot game, which I, I was not expecting. I feel like we should kind of transition. I know we're still on onboarding, but I just want to quickly say that one of my biggest surprises of the game is that the gunplay is kind of good. Right. Like, I think so it's like, kind of like heavy and weighty and fun in a way that I yeah. really wasn't expecting. I was expecting like Fallout. Well, and the, the other thing that I was going to say that is really unbalanced is uh, the double jump. Oh, yeah. And, but like the double jump makes the game so much more fun. It does, yeah. Because it's like, now I'm playing Titanfall 2, you know? It's just like double jumping over shit and sprinting at everyone. It, it is tragic that they had to cut wall running because if there was double jump wall running in this game, it would be fucking amazing. And there's a lot of like, horizontal surfaces vertical surfaces to wall run on in this game mm -hmm. um but yeah i think something that i would have probably probably should have said it at the very beginning was like when i went i i went into cyberpunk with lower expectations than i think most people did yeah and the reason for that is a few things the first is that i did not pay much attention to the marketing mm -hmm. i you know went fairly dark on things i watched that first um gameplay demo from two years ago and even at the time with that i was not blown away by it i remember you know there's the famous e3 trailer which is still the greatest trailer ever made and game <laughs> reveal fucking extraordinary but then the press saw the secret demo and they were like it was like a religious awakening for them they were describing it as like the most extraordinary thing they'd ever seen in their entire miserable fucking lives <laughs> and and then they find, you know, and everyone was begging to release the, please release the gameplay demo. And then they did two months later. And I remember distinctly watching that and being like underwhelmed by it in a way that was just like, I watched that and I was like, this looks good. This looks like a video game. Mm -hmm. This this doesn't look like the second coming. This isn't a revolution. This just looks like a solid enough action RPG. And I was like, okay, cool. The city looks neat. You know, and at the time the graphics were not super polished or finished. And all the way through, I was never like blown away by anything that they showed of Cyberpunk outside of the world, right? And and then ignoring most of the marketing, that helped a lot as well. So I went into this with the hope of, okay, if the world is good, I'll be happy. And it was, as we discussed. And then I think we've said this a few times to each other on podcasts is like, if one other part of it is good, I'll be happy. Yeah. In addition to the world and story stuff. I was, I was not convinced was going to be great because all the marketing story wise for the game was very like, look at us swear and mm, male yeah, V was all over it. And I was like, Ooh, this male V voice actor is not great. And and so I didn't go into it with super high story expectations, partially also because of The Witcher 3 being what it was. I was like, I don't know if they're going to... And I did not expect the gameplay to be very compelling because The Witcher 3 is not very compelling. And I, you know, it's their first time making a first-person shooter. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I think 
the writing and story stuff is uh, largely pretty great, which we'll get to later. And yeah, the combat is good. Yeah, it's fun. It really is. Like good. it's it's really it, you know like all things in this game, it takes a while, but once you get into it it's like oh this this game's like it's, it's kind of fun to play <laughs> yeah and it's it's pretty varied like they give you a lot of yeah. tools to do quite experimental silly things with combat i don't think it's maybe as immersive as an immersive sim but i no. spec'd into quite a varied build when it comes to stealth uh, hacking and obviously shooting people's heads off and i had like a really good time just mixing up the ways that i was uh, approaching these situations the, mm-hmm. the hacking and the stealth, again, is on that long list of things that could probably do with some more work, some more flexibility. But when you... I'm not sure about the hacking in yeah. particular, because like, I've heard people describe it as, like, you become, like, a, a magician, where you, you, like, you take over a camera and then you just fucking kill everyone by using, like, looking at them with your camera yeah. and hacking them. So I just got the skill where you can shut people off. You just turn them off. Like they're a robot. Oh my god, that's amazing. But I can't See, like, afford to do that often. So what I have to do, if I'm trying to do sneaky things, and in this game, sometimes on occasion, you'll get a little side quest mission, a gig, where it gives you more money for being stealthy. Uh, so, like, I'll do a little thing where two people be together chatting, and I'll put a system reset on one of them, and you see this bar filling up, and I will time a silence headshot oh, yeah. on the other guy, and they'll both, like, die at the same time. And it's, like, cool. It's, like, satisfying. I feel like a cyber ninja, and I'm using, like, my silence pistol, taking down people using distractions from a vending machine, using the um, very poorly introduced and explained breach breach, uh, breach protocol to turn off all the cameras. And then I take over a turret and I'm shooting someone with a turret. And then I run in with, you know, an automatic explosive pistol which homes over uh, cover. I double jump in the air so I get extra height. And there's like all these little tools that make you a really destructive uh, cyber warrior. And there's also... Cyber psycho. Yeah, and there's also like a really surprising amount of variation in the way that yes. you can approach situations. You, you kind of don't have to, but it's fun to no, do so. That's that's you know sort of the problem. But that's the problem with so many games. Mm-hmm. Is like you don't have to, but you can. And you know we've as we've discussed many times, some games are good about making you experiment. Yeah. And other games just sort of say like, here's all the tools you could use them if you want to, or you could just shoot everyone in the head. And you know, we talked. I talked about that with Watch Dogs Three, where it's like, why would I do any of this shit? It's so fucking boring. I can just headshot everyone. And this game, you can say the exact same thing in that you could just headshot everyone. But I think all the other play styles are actually interesting and fun. Yeah. And when I realized that, I realized that sort of early on. And I sort of decided, like, I'm not even going to engage with that, uh, like, the other play styles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save them for replays. So that's why I have not touched Melee. And I basically didn't do hacking. I just went all into shooting and played it as, like, a frantic first-person shooter. And with the knowledge that, like, I'm going to go into, get into this other stuff in replays yeah. in the future. And that is, it, it is very surprising. And, yeah, it, it's varied and fun in a way that and feels good in a way yeah. that just I was not expecting at all there's a good sense and, of goofiness as well to some of the combat like enemies will fall over their dead bodies 
there's some great moments where like I chuck a grenade behind cover where someone's hiding and they're like flop over then I just pop him in the head and I'll laugh out loud like multiple times just <laughs> shooting people up in this game and it's violent and it's gory and over the top and you can just wreck yeah. havoc in like pretty creative ways honestly I wish the AI was even remotely good yes yeah um stealth I think they're like too good mm-hmm. like it's really hard to play really stealthy in this I find but in terms of just combat AI, like the problem for me with the last 20 hours and part of the reason I sort of just decided to like finish the game somewhat quickly, well, not quickly, you know, just charge through it with some long sessions was just every combat encounter is just, uh, it's kind of got brain dead after a while because the AI just doesn't do much. Yeah. You need to sort of play slowly for the AI to keep up with you. And uh, I was not doing that you just i just run in with a pistol and go boom 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 boom, and they're all dead and yeah. the two guys that are still alive were just like oh oh my god again it's a well. balance thing because i think you yes. might have done it as well where you can increase detection time so if you have a silenced oh, yeah. pistol there's like and a keyboard and mouse like there's just nothing these guys can do unless there's like 30 of them then maybe one yeah. will see and you coming once so one thing that i ended up doing to make it harder for myself i played the whole game pretty much on hard mm-hmm. yeah me too um, i never upped it to very hard it just uh, the the damage you take was just too yeah. crazy i was like oh, fuck this you just you die instantly um, but i i yeah dying instantly you already do that enough randomly for no fucking reason at <laughs> yeah, all fuck it i don't need to do it from enemies in combat as well Snipers. um but i did i end up playing like a good chunk of the game uh with a controller on my tv uh to add some difficulty and also what i would end up doing is i would do like a lot of story heavy stuff uh on my tv and then come come back to the pc for like side gigs where you can just pop heads left and right and that sort of mix up was fun uh also that game looks unbelievable on a good tv that uh, you know quote-unquote 4k 60 fps is wild um yeah, the combat as a whole uh, is a great surprise. Yeah, it really is. Makes me want to engage with it and spend a lot more time with it. And I, I really would not have guessed that would have been the case. So they, they, considering, like, I have to give them props for CD Projekt just sort of goes for it in yeah. there. Like, Witcher 1, their first game is like a crazy fucking hardcore RPG. And then The Witcher 2, they're like, what if the entire second half of the game was missable or, you know, was different depending on what choice you made? And and then The Witcher 3, they're like, why don't we make an open world game? Uh, let's try an open world. <laughs> and then they, you know, made like one of the most beloved open world games of all time. And then they're and then after that, they're like, let's make a first person shooter, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, no one would, companies don't do that. Like you look at GTA or Rockstar. Rockstar's games are the way they are because they've been making the same fucking game for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, the exact, like, the structure and the mission design, like, it's all exactly the same as it was in 2003. They've just gotten way better at it. Or maybe better at presenting it. I don't know. Um, and I, there's something to be said for, if, if I didn't know anything about games and you showed me s- Cyberpunk and you showed me The Witcher 3... I would not think that they were from the same developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because they're very different. And that's there's something to be said for that, um, for not 
playing in playing it safe in your like, yeah. game design yeah. and and then on top of that like making a good first person shooter yeah um, like for their first go like that's a pretty damn good shot at looter shooters yeah i would honestly play like a destiny-esque version of that game like sometimes yeah. you know not well to maybe that's what gta format. online is yeah. Or a uh, cyberpunk said <laughs> Whatever the fuck. <laughs> but yeah, there are, you know, there's certain activities in the game which aren't as interesting as others. And it does sometimes feel like you're playing a bit more of a grindy game. And I kind of still liked it, doing mm-hmm. that stuff. I also it's, don't know if you noticed, because mm. I don't know how much of the game you did in stealth, but there's, like, a lot of, like... Uh, thought put into the design of like every building there is a gig in or a side quest in so you can oh, yeah. approach it from every angle there's like windows put in certain places and ways to come in from the roof and you'll find like, little pipes that go along the ceiling uh, yeah, and there's like, a lot I, of them in the game yeah i i see people still saying like that this is like as the immersive sim parts of it are like not in, non-existent and like yeah. I, I, I don't agree like i played deus ex and this feels like better than that Maybe not the original. I know people are very. Uh, yeah, I'm talking well, about. I, I, uh, I like Deus Ex: Mankind Divided was the most recent one, and I and that game obviously you know the level design is more intricate because it's it's a small game. Yeah, I was thinking back to the first uh, 361. Right, but yeah, this this feels a lot like that, where it's like, especially once you get if you get creative with like your jumping and you look around, like a lot of rooftops have entrances. And I mean, yeah, I didn't engage with it a lot because I was just running and gunning most of the time. But I would, whenever there was a stealth mission, I would, I would scout the entire building and be like, and there are usually like two or three or four ways into a building. There was one mission where, um, in uh, Santo Domingo, I think, or somewhere, where in Padres area, where you had to, it was like a um, Valentino restaurant, and you had mm-hmm. to get up to like the third floor and you can obviously go in the front door guns blazing you can take the fire exit up and maybe you'd be able to pass a skill check to open a door um what i did there was just a guy in the window smoking and the window was open and he was three floors up i just fucking shot him in the head and double jumped in through the window (laughs) and completed the mission in 30 seconds and and it was like that's cool because when i play that as a melee character i'll probably just go in the front door and slash everyone there was a couple and... of gigs where i felt guilty for finishing it so quickly because all the <laughs> yeah. interiors in the game are so like thoughtful and intricate and i just go in and then leave <laughs> yeah i don't even know what this restaurant looks like because i just saw a little apartment on the third floor and that's it and then yeah. I left and yeah i think considering it's a giant open world they do well enough with those with the level design there could be more uh intricate stuff but like when it's at a scale at this size i think what's there is pretty yeah pretty respectable Mm -hmm. i agree um especially for their first ever go at it like not well exactly that's the thing like not bad at all man i I would say that about a lot of the things in this game it's like you know this, this is like it's a better one of these than most of the other ones out there. Like yeah. as a first person open world, like, okay, there's not a lot of first person shooter open world RPGs to begin mm-hmm. with. And fallout is the most one-to-one comparison. And 
The Fallout games play like fucking shit. Yeah, they had to invent VATS just to fix it. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> um, this game is in... Uh, we should transition to, like, the activities and then maybe do, like, story stuff. Um, sure. And then probably wrap up. Uh, so in only another hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, you said it, and you spoiled it um, in our discussions a while ago. Um, so maybe you should, I don't know, if you want to say it, what what you said about this game, but it is uh, completely accurate, I think. And oh. not in an insulting way, I don't think, either. I mean, in some ways, it is a Bethesda game. Um you know, in the bugginess of it. But like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you, you, a, a couple of weeks ago, you said uh, this is like a, a Bethesda game. It's like yeah. a Fallout game. It feels like if Bethesda didn't go off the rails. Right. And it 100% is. Like, people are talking about GTA and Deus Ex and this and that. But like, this is a Fallout game. This is like closer to Skyrim, really. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And that you know some people would regard that as like an insult but um i don't think it is uh because yeah, from a certain aspect you could say that because people expected more progression sure but i, but I kind of i kind of like the format honestly i think a lot of people do That's yeah why skyrim like, sold a billion copies eight times exactly and i really wanted to like follow for and i tried to get into follow through so many times and just was never able to and i wanted to like fallout 4 and i and i just fallout 4 is fine it's like a an unbuttered piece of toast you're like uh it's food i guess <laughs> um yeah you know it's not insufferable uh but it's just the world was not interesting the quests weren't there there was like a couple of good quests in that game yeah um, and there are a couple of interesting areas in that game to explore but the exploration wasn't there. The combat wasn't there. The quests weren't there. And mm -hmm. this game is like, it's it's a Fallout game, but not in the post-apocalypse. And yeah. you're you're wandering around. You're looting every fucking thing that isn't nailed down. You're picking up, which, uh, I I have a weird soft spot for. I don't know why. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, I like it. I like I like just being a giant vacuum cleaner and just yeah. picking every goddamn thing up, even though it's all useless. Um, me too. I'm into it. It's just something about it that I enjoy. Me too. I love and it. you you wander around, you're in the first person the whole time, you're shooting lots of guys, you're getting loot, you're doing lots of little little small side things, you're going on big linear main quests. Um it's kinda janky, it's kinda underbaked. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like it's it's a follow game, but with a good world, good combat, and good story stuff. Yeah. It is like the format is like scary how comparable they are. Like yeah. that for people who haven't actually played Cyberpunk because of whatever issues, there is the lowest tier of a mission which is called uh, NCP Police Scanners, which is literally just an outpost. Like imagine running into bandits in Skyrim, you just kill people and that's it. Ma yeah, there it's is like six actually, enemies. Yeah, and sometimes there's a little bit of um like world like telling behind what happened, but because of the quantity, I'll be honest, I did kind of fall off reading those after a while. I think. The problem with the so there's like there's actually like two tiers of the blue NCBD. There's yeah. like the bigger, larger outposts, which are very much outposts where it's like there's a serial killer and his gang here, and there's mm -hmm. like thirty guys. But then there's also a lot of just like there's an assault in progress, um, and those ones, which of which there are the most of, um, 
those ones are like six enemies and it's usually them killing someone and robbing them i appreciate that they made conversations for every single one yes but they but they're all the same like oh fucking meet me here you piece of shit you motherfucker i'm over here oh shit the ncp's here oh i got shot i got some drugs that and you read like a hundred of them and you're like oh i get it mate i get it yeah i i stop i would just sort of skim over them and yeah they're all all of those ones are exactly the same like that was a perfect summary of them um and there are a lot of them uh but they serve as a place for me to test out my crit damage and for me <laughs> yeah. to get loot and i mean i got like i have a carnage shotgun that i've used for the last 20 hours i don't know if you use the carnage shotgun but it is fucking awesome mm, i got it's one like that the, judy gave me it's the uh it, it fires like one shot with so normally a shotgun has like, you know, 10 pellets. This one has like 30. And it, every shot is like, shink, 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 I think put so. the new bullet in. It's insane. There's and like I forms got of shotgun. Yeah. But the carnage is like a, I don't know if it's a, yeah, I think it's like a form factor. Yeah. So I am using an, an iconic like one from a Judy. It's called the Mox. Right. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that one, I'm not sure. Anyways, but like that one is my highest DPS shotgun that I've ever seen. It's insane. And I just got that. It's gold, you know, an epic item or whatever the tier is called. Iconic. And I got that from uh, a random uh, assault in progress. Yeah. From a dude. A dude had it. And so they're like, they're kind of all worth doing. <laughs> and every now and then there is like a little bit of storytelling that is more than just like people saying, you fucking tune, come yes. over here. <laughs> yeah. And like there was one where I found a bunch of people locked in containers and one of them had right. left a message to her mum. And I was like, oh. Because the tiger claws are like human traffickers. Yeah, who's really sad yeah. that one. And the the other benefit of doing the blue missions is that there it takes you to parts of the map. Yes. It's like they're all worth doing. That's the the quote-unquote problem of this game is that every single thing is worth doing because it takes you to places mm-hmm. in the map. Yes. And they're all thought out like there was one in uh, santo domingo where you again i think it's just an assault in progress and it's like this weird net runner house where the pool is full of like net runner yeah that was so cool and there's like wires all running out of it and and you read the lore and it was like this weird hostage situation and the guy whose son was kidnapped uh had like sent in you know militech and just they killed all the net runners that were there and like did you find the people underground because i wasn't sure if that was uh what do you call it necessary yeah they were like they're yeah that's just optional they were just part of they were kidnapped that was was another one of them yeah there's so much stuff like that where there or there's just enough of that where it makes you want to see them all because mm-hmm. like 70% of them are just like, ah, choom, I'm dead, I'm shot, oh shit, I've been betrayed. But then the other 30% are like, oh, that, what an interesting little like two minute long environmental story is sitting here. Um, yeah. And that that's neat, yeah. And then... There's the second tier. There's the second tier, which are, uh, you can buy cars. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, these stupid markers. Uh, yeah, oh, so God. the second tier is a uh, yellow exclamation mark, and those are gigs. And, and they are, going back to the uh, the comparison to Bethesda, they are very comparable to when you were asked to go into a cave to get a family relic. That's right, what I would they're like the dungeons to. of the game. Yeah. They are like the dungeons, yeah. 
Totally, yeah. And I think um, the gigs is probably where I have my most one of my bigger complaints about the game okay. is I think I think the gigs are all uh, good and interesting. Yeah. The problem with the gigs is that they're not. It's a few things. The first one is that they're not well rolled out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Which is the fact that uh, V has an unlisted phone number, and um, everyone in Night City has his phone number, and everyone in Night City will call you constantly. And the gigs, <laughs> they're just weirdly presented. I think is what it yes. is. They're they're just they are basically like they're not side quests. They're a step below that, but there's a fair amount of storytelling in those side quests. They're just weirdly presented because you're just you're driving and they you don't call you cross when you're a driving. Line. Yeah, you hop out of your car ten feet away from a, a question mark and Regina calls you. She's like, "Yo, V." Someone's getting kidnapped. Go rescue them. And you're like, and I'm going to send you 700 word message about the information about this thing as well. And you're like, okay, fine. And it just, it's just a weird way of presenting it. It's mm-hmm. just, and I think, so like the, the presentation part of it is one. And then the other part of it is that there's a fair amount of those side gigs that um, interconnect and form a larger story of the area. Yeah. But then they also... There's no way to know what side gig is connected to another side gig. And then they also don't really do anything with those stories in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's two examples that really stand out to me. The The one in Watson is that there's a Russian that has arrived who is, like, in negotiations with Arasaka. And there's there's, like, three or four side gigs that have that are somewhat related to the Russians. You bug his car. Oh yeah. And then you find out that he's at the hotel and you infiltrate the hotel and you get a conversation data that he's something is going down. The the Russians are doing something with Arasaka and it's referenced all over that Watson area. And I don't mind if like one or two of those things are left unexplained. Right. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, Partially that I I bugged the car at hour 10 and then at hour 30, I came across the hotel. Yeah. And it was like, oh, right. This, I remember this. That's kind of interesting that they're connected. Cool. If they had just like made the marker on the map a different color, that would have been enough. Where yeah. You could, so you yeah. could like chase them down. If it's like the Russian storyline is all this Russian side gigs are red and you can, you know, and maybe they put like one, two, three, four, five. I don't think the order really matters all that much. Uh, Cause you can sort of rearrange it in your head and piece the story together. But like that would have gone a long ways because there's a few, there's quite a few of those side stories that are inside gigs that are really interesting that are just because of the way they're all presented in the game. They're all presented as being the exact same thing when they're actually not. It's yeah. hard to digest them. And it's also sort of frustrating that they don't, add up to anything like there's a really interesting one in downtown with the biotechnica lady i don't know if you've encountered those side gigs yet but uh it, it was it a assassination yeah you and you can talk to her eventually i did talk to her yeah so there's like three other side gigs that are all related to her 
Okay. Um, and like Biotechnica and this lady have been up to some bad shit. And there's quite a few other side gigs in the area that are related to that, including I think a couple of NCPD things where it's like this guy had intel and was killed. Interesting. Okay. And they don't come together to form. Yeah. You can see there's all these pieces, and I can imagine it being like, okay. They almost need another tier where you maybe you go to the the fixer because the fixers are all in the world. Yeah. And but they have there's no reason for them to be there. You can visit all these fixers and ask them like two questions and that's it. And I imagine it would be better if you could go to them and they would treat it like a side quest board where you go mm. to the fixer and they're like, "Yo, there's a Russian that just arrived in the night city, go and bug his car. And then you go and bug his car and then return to her. And then the next mission opens up. Right. And, and that, and then you can also have like the side gigs where she calls you that are just sort of disconnected from those things. I feel like that would be a good way to go about it because then you would get a clearer narrative through these areas uh, because there is good stuff there. And then they do, sometimes do neat stuff with not knowing what side gig is going to be what, where like some of them are just, you know, you run in, steal a thing, run out. But sometimes you go in and there's like extensive dialogue sequences and skill checks in dialogue and they feel like a bigger piece of story. And it's kind of neat when they just sort of sneak up on you, but they needed to better integrate them and just, partition them out better and sort them better and not have the fucking cars be marked as side quests as well <laughs> yeah. i was gonna um, say um you have got further than i got when it comes to piecing anything gig, gig related together i didn't oh. really know that any of them connected <laughs> i'll yeah, be well, honest the, the, when it came to them no. i i just wasn't listening to a lot of them because you had to read like 17 paragraphs i just thought they would just you know tick off things yeah, I listened to the See? basic synopsis, but I wasn't paying enough attention to know that they uh, ever connected. So that's yeah, that's part of the problem, right? Is that it's yeah. hard to know that, and I, I only realized that quite a long ways in is when I got to the hotel, the Russian hotel. How am I supposed to? I got a table memory, mate. You know me. Well, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I when I realized that they were connected, I it made me pay quite close attention to all of them, and so I read every briefing. And, I did too. I just don't have a yeah. good memory. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But but again, that you know, they so they are connected. There's quite a few of them that's that cool. are connected, and they just but they're just so hard to follow because it's such it's just a giant jumble on the map. I think um, the journal in general uh, made me oh. have that problem with just normal side quests, where obviously uh, a lot of the times when you have a big list of side quests. You know, it depends how you play as a person, but I'm like a proximity guy. I'll just go to whatever's closest to me. You know, if, if something is across the entire map, just because I did like the first step of that quest chain, I'm not going to travel all the way over the map whenever something like two feet away from me. And yeah. sometimes you take long breaks from uh, side quests. And I would be like, I don't remember how this started. And the synopsis is super, super vague in the journal. It's no yeah. Bethesda game where it said this happened and this happened. It just gives you, like, the very first introductory, you know, prologue thing. Yeah, like, and it's written uh, in, in third-hand. Like, it's it's all from Johnny's perspective. Yeah, it's like, go meet Much- this person here. I hope this isn't, like, this job. I was like, who yeah. am I meeting again? And it's funny because the Witcher, uh, the Witcher's quests descriptions are all written 
third hand as well. They're all from Dandelion, like recounting Witcher Geralt's cool. tales. But they update. Yes. In paragraphs. So I like you get that. the first paragraph and then the second paragraph and then, you know, and this doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, the the journal as a whole, the journal, shards, phone, and database are all such a giant clusterfuck. The phone, oh my God. Oh, I hate yeah. it so much when you get a text message. And it just and you lists can't read everyone. Whole, well, and you can't read the whole thing when it pops up. So you click view messages. Yeah. And it doesn't take you to that message. It just it goes just to everyone's takes message. takes you to the top of the message list, and you have to <laughs> scroll. Oh, there's Judy's message. Oh, okay, and there's... Okay, what were you saying, Judy? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Yes, I will, and reply. Um, and that applies to just so many things. Same with the yeah. shards. Same with the quest tracking. Um, there's just... So, yeah, the 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 side content is where I think... To me, it feels like they needed the most amount of time to bring it. It needed that other year to differentiate them, sort them, and present them better yeah. than they are. Because, um, you know, and they they and it's interesting. They this feels like a natural extension of what they were doing in The Witcher because The Witcher has all these question marks, and they're pretty much exactly like this game where they're like a small little combat encounter and you get loot and there's a lore entry there. And in the base game, Witcher three, they were all just like one offs, but in blood and wine, they made it so that the side stuff, the question marks all connected to each other Hmm. and would form a larger narrative for the area. And this feels like a continuation of that in ways that I think are, could have been really interesting, but they're just not, it's just not presented well. And and it just needed more time and more cohesive direction, I think, for some of these side gigs. Because, yeah. you know, they said after The Witcher 3, they're like, oh, we, we didn't originally want to put all these question marks on the map. We didn't want to originally mark them all on the map. We wanted it just to be like you would find them. But at the time, you know, Ubisoft and their busy clusterfuck maps were popular. And so they were like, well, we're unsure of ourselves. So we're just going to mark, we're going to cover the map with markers. And it was stupid in the Witcher three. And then after the Witcher three, they were like, we're not going to do that. And that was a lie (laughs) because this map, when you start the game and you zoom out, it is literally every single thing on the map is visible except for top tier side quests, which open up. It's literally just, thousand a thousand yellow question marks and a thousand blue things and you're like holy fucking shit this is yeah the format of this game is very strange i feel like it's always been like this unspoken rule in giant open worlds that you stagnate how the player travels from area to area in the old in the old gta's the islands used to be locked you'd have island one two and three and you couldn't go to island two before you'd progress this game starts off with a lockdown right there's and i thought oh that makes sense they're gonna do like you know witcher 3 did white orchard which was very intelligent a very small it makes it consumable and staggered and easy to exactly and it eases you into the giant pool and this and so when they said there was a lockdown in the area, I was like, ah, that's that makes sense. I'm going to be stuck in this little, you know, Chinatown area yeah. or whatever that V lives in for 10 hours or something. Nope. <laughs> and also, like, they have the perfect format and context to do that. Like, you're in a cyber world. You could lock the bridge and have, you know, a bioscanner that won't let you through to Corpo land until you've done a certain yeah. quest. 
but you can drive across the entire map and then like 14 fixers call you at the same time. It's like, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And this sort of ties into story, but I won't get too far into it, but this ties into story where it's, and that thing someone said, you know, it feels like you're starting in season four. Yeah. Um, and that applies to a lot of the character intros, especially with like the fixers. And for me, it, 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 it didn't bother me quite as much because I went a uh, street kid. And it, to me, it sort of makes sense that all these fixers would just know V. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But for the first 10 hours, I was like, who the fuck is this person? What, yeah. what, who are you? Why are you calling me? What do you want? Leave me alone. Um, and then after a certain point, I realized, oh, they're fixers. I see. Okay. And, and it sort of makes more sense. And I don't know if you meet any of the fixers in the prologue, but in Street Kid, you meet Padre. Like in the first, oh, interesting. In like the first 30 seconds of the game. You, like you wake up in the bar in the El Coyote Gojo or whatever. You talk to, I think, Kirk, who is like a shitty fixer who doesn't come up again really in the game. And... Then you leave the bar to go do a, a rob a, a steal a car and you run into Padre right right there in front of the bar. And he's you know, and so it's like, okay, he's a fixer. I can I can make the logical leap and be like, okay, he's a street kid, he's grew up here, he knew he knows all the fixers. But as a player, <laughs> it makes it really fucking confusing. Yeah. I will say that the there's not much to say about the different life paths, but they no, are not very good. Uh, because the Nomad and I didn't do Corpo, but I've heard like the context for those are just a bit off. Uh, there was a certain mission where I met Padre and I don't think I'd gone to, which area does he rule? You know what I mean? Westbrook? I can't remember. I can't remember either, but yeah, that sort of Southern area. But I barely met him or done any gigs in that area. So when I was in this mission, it's like, go talk to Padre. He's here. I was like, who? And then you talk to him, he's like, yeah. Padre, my friend, how are you doing on this day? I was like, what the fuck is this guy? That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple it really of like, feels you like, know, sequence things which are a bit weird in the game. It really feels like Street Kid is the path that makes most sense. Yeah. Um, but but they also... The, the whole game is missing like a 15-hour intro. Mm-hmm. It really does feel like it needs a white orchard style thing where you are and you know you can have it be different for each life path and because and it's weird because you go i presume this the like party bonding sequence with jackie is this is present for all characters yeah all I saw life that. like that's the I period play of that. time where yeah exactly that's <laughs> the period of time where you are introduced to the game yeah <laughs> and uh they skip over that and it's and it's noticeable and it, it feels yeah. very it, it it really is like i did not like this game for the first 15 hours mm-hmm. i was not having a good time i was enjoying you know the world and the story stuff but like i had no idea how to play no idea what the skills were like no idea about mods like no idea what the crafting was like so much of the systems oh, are not yeah. explained and then on top of that, you have all these fucking people calling you every 30 seconds and texting you. And and it is just like an unrelenting barrage of just <laughs> information. And and it feels like you've missed the first 15 hours of the game. Yeah, it's, and, it's strange. 
And that's what really makes me think this game needs like the enhanced edition the way that The Witcher 1 and 2 got. And The Witcher 2, The Witcher 2 had this problem as well. I, I actually even The Witcher 3 story-wise has the problem of like I have no idea who any of these people are because mm-hmm. I think it's part of their style is just like they like making games set in worlds where everyone has history established and yeah. And I like that, and but it, it does make it off-putting. And in The Witcher 2's case, they had like no tutorials. Nothing was explained. You're starting in the middle of a... That game, it's like flashbacks, and you can pick the order of the flashback. Like so much of the beginning of Witcher <laughs> 2, is, like the first 15 hours, 10 hours of that game were just like, oh my god. And yeah. then it got an enhanced edition and they added in better tutorials. They put in like a combat arena and they did this and that. And this game needs that um, for like almost all the parts of it. The fixers need introductions. The the skill trees need explanations. Like you just found out that you can't you can't rearrange your attributes. Yes. Um, I didn't realize sorry. Like level 50 was the max level and there's no respecking. So now my plans of progress have been halted. And I am locked out of a bunch of things forever. So that's cool. Yeah, because they don't explain any of that. I mean, when they... Like every game on Earth, you open the skill tree for the first time and it holds your hand and makes you unlock the same skill. And, you know, it says the attributes do this and you can't change them and perk points do this, but you can respec if you want to later on. And this game, you open up the skill tree and it's like, there's 700 fucking skills here and I don't know what any of them do. And mission where you are, I can't remember her name, it's like Sandra Dorset, you're rescuing her yeah. from that bath. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on because the game has these pop-ups of like, you've got a gun, you've also got a skill point, and I'm looking around and there's just Jackie also, yelling at you. Also, don't alert dude. anyone. <laughs> Jackie, come on, V, come on, V. It's like, hold the fuck on, dude. I have no idea what's going on here. There's like vending machines around me and I don't know how to do anything. And it's just like, please, game, just shut up for a second. And, and yeah, I still have no idea how the quick hacks or any of that stuff works. There's so much stuff that is just, it's not explained at all. And it is a, it is a brutal first 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's rough. Um, it is really rough. I was a bit disappointed by the, um, the Nomad entry because it really felt like it was setting itself up to be like a, a really cool way to introduce Night City. I won't say too much in case people want to see it themselves, but there's a sequence where you climb an antenna and you can see Night City in the distance. And I'm like, ooh, it's going to build up to me, you know, getting into it. And then, again, you do a thing and you get that montage that you saw and then you're in mission one. And I'm like, wait, right. wait I thought I was like building up to Night City. Maybe there was going to be a mission where uh, it's hard to get into the city. It's all locked down and you can't travel by water because of the law we read. It's like, ooh, Maybe there's going to be a build-up and you're in Night City. But no, I'm just doing this first mission in an interior. And the first time I saw Night City was on a balcony, which is just a weird way to see the city for the first time. And I fell off that balcony twice because I was just trying to see the city. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to see the city, man. It's the main attraction of the whole game. I'll shoot people later. Why am I doing combat like 10 seconds in? Like every game, uh, so many open world games have that limitation, you know, where they, they... or they have that moment where it's like, there, the, yeah, the, like the there's the a wild hill line. scene. Like it's part of it, man. I want to see. You know, it. coming out of the vaults and mm. seeing the world and all these. And The Witcher, same thing. You're in a white orchard, and then you leave white orchard, and they put you on this hilltop where you can see, like all the. You can see most of Velen, and you can yeah. see Novograd off in the distance, and you can see the 
the Nilfgaard camp at the south and you're like oh my god this map is huge it's cliche and but it's, it's exciting for the player to see the whole world yes yeah it's it's a cliche for a reason like some cliches are exist because they're you know dumb but a lot of them are exist because they're good yeah. right and it's a good cliche and this that's why i say the street kid thing felt like the most logical and i actually kind of liked it from the street kid perspective it's like you wake up in a bar in night city you go out you're in night city yeah that's like, like the best one for sure you do a gig in night city and i said to you i was like i it's interesting how there is no introduction there is no real grand introduction it's just like you're thrown like you're you wake up in the middle of already knowing the city and so it works as a street kid i think and it works for creating this like it's not a city that is there for your playground it's not like here let's pull the curtain back and reveal the city it's just like you live here it's just new york city whatever it's just night city who yeah. cares they could have done a nomad here. though you're literally starting the outskirts and well go that's into the thing it. yeah so as a street kid, I thought, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually think I like it quite a bit. But then hearing that Corpo and Nomad don't have that at all, it doesn't make any sense. Like Literally, a Nomad... Oh, God. You drive into the city as a, a passenger yeah. in first person. So you're like trying to like look through the window. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. It's dark. Like, it's raining. I can't see what's going on here. It was really annoying. Yeah, whereas in Street Kid, you, you also do a drive-through. Um, as a passenger but you like are starting already in the city and mm -hmm. you're just and again it's just like oh there's the city whatever but yeah it would make sense as a nomad to be like here's the big reveal and corpo i have no idea you know uh, it's hard to say i haven't seen it i i'm yeah. i've deliberately avoided seeing them just because it's you know some small bit of content that i haven't mm -hmm. seen but um yeah the whole the apparently the white orchard for the witcher the witcher 3 was a very late addition to that game and it's too bad this game didn't get something like that because it yeah, needs it, it, it really needs does. Uh, uh and and the white orchard area is brilliant in the witcher 3 and it is very effective and it, this needed exactly the same thing and it's yeah. it's weird that it doesn't and um yeah and then also you know well maybe i was going to say a story related thing but um i don't know if there's more gameplay things you want to touch on um we could uh before we get into the story maybe just talk about a little bit of the like rpg-ness um i don't really have much to say except that um i think some people said like the rpg-ness is not that good I actually think the skill trees in the game are pretty good. Like, not all of them are very substantial, but they do really affect your playstyle and the way your character ends up after quite a long period of time. I liked it. The skill trees are interesting because out of the gate, you're like, all these skills seem useless. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, headshot damage is increased by 10%. It's like, uh, what? But the skill trees, they really do add up and they do get nuts they um, are overwhelming when you have no context for what oh, yeah. any of it means and your first yeah. build will probably be bullshit because you're like um i guess i'll just pick this one which does more damage for like the first yeah, 20 i cheated I, I cheated and gave myself a hundred thousand and respect all my perk points like 20 hours in because i you know the first 20 hours you're just like i don't fucking know i'll, yeah. I'll cl click this one that's tempting and um yeah i was gonna say the rpg parts of it i was going to t say the story rpg parts of it but yeah the 
the gameplay RPG parts of it, I think are are good. They're yeah. solid. I think there's quite a lot of variety in in play styles, a lot more than I was expecting. Um, and they did a good job with that stuff. The there's a lot of skills. I, I like. I looked through the stealth skill trees and the melee skill trees, and it's like it sounds fun. Yeah, I, I look forward to messing around with them. Same with the hacking ones. I will and... say um, one part of the game which is very clearly unfinished and is kind of a little bit uh, it's, it's odd when you first interact with it is the cyber implants part of the game. You can um, change your eyeballs and your lungs and your spines, but you just walk up to the vendor, buy it and leave and it's in you. <laughs> yeah. There's no animation, there's no noise, and, you know, the game's not finished. We know it at that point, but it is one of the weirder and more jarring areas of unfinishedness. You can literally change, like, the synapses in your brain, and you walk in talking to the vendor standing there, and you change the synapses, and then you're still just stood there. There's nothing. Yeah, and just it's leave. just like It's like, uh, okay, I guess I have a different brain and eyeballs now? Nothing well, happened. All the cyberware stuff is, like... Uh not explained very well either obviously yeah. and the fact that it's just like the witcher 3 where every vendor has their own inventory yeah it's annoying because i've been looking for stuff for so long like with right. the crafting stuff i don't know where to get schematics to craft more things they just appear sometimes i'm like wait i can craft this mod and this grenade now when did that happen and i keep going to these vendors and no one's got anything i'm like where do i get this stuff from where do i get mods i want control so that i can make these builds and i make the character my way but i can't fucking find anything yeah and and there are some like i read last night or two nights ago there's a mod i don't remember what it did but it sounded insane and the only way you can get it is if you don't punch fingers the the creepy oh, ripper dog off. and he becomes a ripper dog you can visit <laughs> Good, and okay. he's got like this crazy like gold tier you know plus 50 percent something mod okay. that sounded nuts and i was like fuck like that's the yeah there's he a was a great of, character by the way he was so creepy <laughs> he's so gross oh, um but yeah there's a lot of stuff in the game that just in terms of the rpg parts of it in gameplay rpg parts of it that feel like they just need they just need a lot of time to just better organize explain and sort and make and surface things as well like they need to just i'm sure there'll be a mod uh or just a patch that is just like these every ripper doc has every mod yeah right? please God. from the get-go stuff like that every weapons vendor should have everything i'm sure those will get at that those will happen at some point probably through modding um they should probably a have like a better estimation of how exploitative gamers can be of certain things. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. don't just sell an item which does double damage. And you no, know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think they should. I think I I love all that stuff. <laughs> well, give me something to kill then. Give me a big but old yes. robot. No, yeah. The solution is more like do sure. something to that takes more than one bullet. Yeah, crazy um, like crazy bosses on the map or something. Not just cyber psychos yeah. which are one hit. Oh, the cybercycles are babies. They're nothing. Like, they're, they're, even right at the beginning of the game, they're not difficult. All right. My first couple um, I found early. So they were a night. The first one was a nightmare for me. It was when I was like really oh, weak. Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, like the cybercycles are a good. They're the, you know, again, in a year, either it'll be 
CD Projekt developed, or there'll be a mod that has made the cyber psychos like actually difficult. There is you some know, like in mech then, suits, and they're like they they take a bit more punch. They definitely do. Yeah, yeah. They need something bigger in that game, though. Yeah, yeah. They need something, something that will take more than a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a tank or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at my list here of like little notes. Yeah. Um, there's really I, I I feel like this happens a lot. This gen bad damage feedback on your end yeah it's hard to tell when you're taking damage and then you know you get the <gasps> when you have like 100 hp left uh or you know 10 percent hp and it's like why am i not getting better feedback um, there's too many control. healing items in the game way 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 too many like i'm I, oh my god yeah i'm only killed if i die instantly i i sold 180 i, I only ever use the green ones because that seems to be the only ones that there are yeah uh, there's like i have like five of the other types I sold like 180 green ones at one point and I still had 200. Yeah, there's just so many healing items. There's no so risk unless items. you are one-shotted, basically. And then there's a skill that doubles the efficiency of them and then and it's like, oh, okay. GG. I think um, um, when it comes to like the more tech-heavy weapons, there's weapons that ricochet. No idea how yeah. to effectively use that, by the way. No, I still haven't figured it out. Um, there's a weapon that shoots through uh, materials, power weapons, which I did have a really good time with. And yeah. there is the auto-homing weapons. Uh, just like a couple more of those, I think. It's just yeah. weird to only have like two special abilities. And if you're not a melee build, you're probably not going to use Mantis Blades or the Whip or Gorilla Punching, which is like yeah. a whole tier of like the fun cybernetic stuff. You're not that cyber in the game, really, except for hacking. Just maybe some more... Uh, just crazy wacky guns yeah a bit more yeah. like borderlands and I, weirdness yeah and, and i think that is something where the mod systems and the attachments have a lot of potential for expansion mm -hmm. and i hope that people either the developers or modders make them more interesting like i want to you know give me a mod where like the guns deal electrical damage or fire damage yeah. um not not have that tied to a gun roll, but have that just be a mod. Um, and let, let me stack them. Let me have a gun that shoots like fire, flaming electrical poison bullets, you know, um, yeah. and homes on enemies. Like, let me combine and mix and match things. That would be or apparently Johnny Silverhand's gun. You can is all three of those. It is a homing. It can tech and it can ricochet. That's cool. And you can switch between them, but I, I never used that gun because it was shit. Um, stuff like that uh, would be cool. Um, I've got a couple of other little things. Um, I have... Um, yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. How, did, how are we this far into games and they haven't figured out how to make smashing windows work? Like, what, oh my God, what is going fucking... on with the glass in this game? <laughs> I don't know. Did you, did you have that problem when you were with um, Pan Am and you're in the deserted town and you had to break in to start the generator? Uh, I think so. Um, I, I, there's so many times you smash glass and it's like made out of like cement or something. Well, and you can't mantle through the glass window until like every bit of the glass yeah. is gone from it's it. So and I weird. spent like five minutes trying to climb through a window and Pan Am's like, V, just climb through the window. V, break the glass. Climb through the window, idiot. And it's like, I'm fucking trying. Thank you very much. How? I don't know how we've come this far I don't and know. we can't do glass yet. Because a lot of games have really good glass nowadays. Yeah, Last of uh, Us like 2. The Last of the Us. One, one good and, part about that game. <laughs> yep. Same with The Division. The Division, it's like one of the few things in Division where it's like, wow, the glass in this game breaks real good. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's a, that's a weird little, and especially because of how janky it is to climb through broken glass windows. It, it's yeah, poor stealth people. Yeah, stealth builds are rough. Uh, do you want to do one? I look through my notes. Sure. Yeah, I, I had a couple of like specific control. The the they don't let you on PC. On a PC, I want to be able to rebind every single thing in the game. Mm-hmm. Every single control should be rebindable. And this game, a lot of stuff is not rebindable. Uh, you cannot rebind the dodge. It's on a oh, double tap. Dodge the double. I almost forgot about the double tapping it's dodge. So bad. And I had a mod installed that broke, unfortunately, ah. pretty quickly, which makes sense. Where I was able to rebind. Do- and I think you can actually just modify the control, like I and I file to rebind dodge but i put it on my mouse button on one of my mouse buttons where my thumb is and it was so awesome i was like fucking dodging left and right like just a ninja just dodging everywhere and it makes the combat feel so much better but by default it's double tap a direction and here's something you do a lot on pc you hit a w on the keypad on the keyboard like twice in a row really quickly because you're taking a little step forward to yeah. grab that loot and then you do a dodge and you fall off the fucking building. I did that a lot. And you should be able to rebind that. And this is a PC um, game first. So there's no excuse. Exactly. And so like I shouldn't have to go into an INI file or install a mod that lets me change those things. How did that get um, same with testing? What the fuck? Same with double tap alt to holster a weapon. Oh it yeah, it doesn't work. It is so inconsistent. Like I have spent 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. hitting alt and it's like nope cycle the weapon nope cycle the weapon nope there's, cycle there's the weapon there's so and many like, keys on the keyboard why are they doing this uh, yeah. yeah like let me hit H to holster my gun because you do it a lot you don't want to have your gun out all the time yeah. it's not you know uh, little things like that they they need more keyboard customization and yeah it's a PC game first and foremost uh, they don't like I shouldn't have to install mods to, to fix those things uh, it's Key binding on PC is still one of those things where it's just like, why can I not change everything? It's something that I respect about Ubisoft. All of their games, even on consoles, you can change every single key bind in the game on yeah. controller, everything. And that's great. You should be able to. Like, fuck your control scheme. Let me play it how I want to play it. Um, also, the vehicle handling, handling is terrible. Oh, terrible, yeah. terrible. I forgot. And I installed a mod... Uh, like it came out like three days after the game and it was better vehicle handling amazing bless you modders it 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 makes all the cars feel so much better to drive they are really sticky to the ground they feel like gta cars a lot more like just transformative driving experience i hated driving cars installed that mod and i was like i like driving now because it it, it made the driving feel good um i feel like we've already said this uh, like vaguely and everyone's talked about it but the ai really is just abysmal across like it's all terrible. fronts main yeah. characters uh, the police the civilians the cars it's, it's just <laughs> terrible man i do kind of get a kick out of the fact that the people in night city are so shitty that they don't even stop they just run you over yeah there is something funny to me about that but also it's jump scared because... me multiple times oh yeah 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 big time like, but the- it's it's not deliberate. It's because there's no AI to the to the cars. They, you know, they just don't know what to do. Like, and the AI like doesn't bother me a ton when it's you know outside of combat. But the combat AI is really what bums me out. Yeah, it's just trash. Uh, but yeah, the AI across the board is just it's so useless. Um, this is probably 
um, a technical thing from where they were at, but you should be able to fly something in this game. Uh, it, this, this city is too vertical to only be looked at from the ground, in my opinion. Even if it's a late yeah. game thing, a jetpack or a flying thing just seems... It just seems like a crime to not see the city from the air. When you showed me the beauty video, I was like, holy shit. Because I'd never seen it from that perspective before. And that just seems like a waste of vistas to me. Um, but obviously, with the technical, you know, what's going on, maybe that was just put on, you know, the backboard for later. Yeah, well, and they'd probably have to, like, you know, you'd have to... So many rooftops would have to have, like, geometry rendered yeah. and collision and stuff like that. I understand why they made it ground only, because it, it it's gonna be a lot of work to make mm-hmm. it so that you could not just like clip through rooftops and all that but i agree um, but like the, those solar part... panel fields don't really look like much when you're on no, the ground but yeah. your footage of them is like oh my god this looks so good yeah what a waste a, yeah uh, that's part of why i like the double jump is because it 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 makes exploring the city much more interesting because you can get vertical so so much quicker and you can get onto rooftops and run across you know lower level rooftops yeah. and it was a hint of like, ooh, this is cool. And I, you know, and there's lots of flying vehicles all over the place. Even if it was just like a taxi where yeah. you could get in and it was just yeah. an on-rail thing and you would fly through the city. That yeah. would be more than there's enough. There's no taxis uh, in the game either, by the way. <laughs> there's no taxis. No, it's just all the end cart and it just doesn't... No trauma you don't team. See it, it's just enough. A, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't really fast travel ever in this game. I, I just drove everywhere. I... I uh, I would only fast travel at the end of a session when I was doing like hunting around, selling stuff and buying mods. Uh, but aside from that, I pretty much never fast traveled. It's just, I don't like fast traveling in most in games like this, like Red Dead and mm-hmm. Witcher. It's just, it's nice to just walk around and drive around. And, uh, but yeah, they, they're, you know, GTA four, you can call a cab and sit in the back of the cab and it drives you yeah. in real time. And they should have that here in some form. Oh, so like I've already talked about it, but the, the the police are bad, but they don't chase you in cars. <laughs> no, they don't chase you in cars. They only chase when you. Foot. You just get in a car and you drive like two blocks, and you've lost the police, and that's it. What is good? Never mind. I'll move, so move past it. Keep bringing. I'll move past it. This is like a nitpick because again, it's like asking for the jetpack. It's asking for more work than they had time to do. But um, it just seems weird that BDs is like the big thing in the game and you don't really do them that much except for in main quests. I feel like you should be able to go to a club and there should be, even if they're minimal and really short, little BDs. Cause, like, you... There should be a couple like in, in Red Dead where you can go to the movie theater and watch yeah. something. Because yeah. even like the really shitty one you do with a monk in that side quest. like Just like things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, well, this is story related, but I think the brain dance stuff is really cool and used really well yeah i like it as well. um but yeah it, it as it is like the main form of entertainment in that game mm-hmm. um in world and yeah you can't use it just casually yeah yeah you should you should you can sit down on your couch in your apartment you should be able to sit down on your couch put on your brain dance and like there be you know the same five yeah have like five five little five minute things that you can no watch. one would expect like, like that, a gwent library no there. just like a couple yeah, maybe you could um, find five along the game. That'd be cool as you progress. Right. Yeah, like in um, yeah, some games you find like a record, and it's like, oh, now we can sit and play this record. God, it's, such, it's like a perfect format for like little storytelling as well. That's disconnected from everything. Imagine like the completely random uh, cyberpunk world stories you could put in a little BD, even if they're one yeah, minute was, long. 
I was surprised that they weren't used more. Um, yeah. I think they, they are used well, though, in the main and side. Yeah, the tech of it is pretty damn cool. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're not... Uh, yeah, I think it is, there's a fine balance there, and they were probably leaned a little too far on the other side of it, which is not using it enough. Yeah. Uh, I think the worry when they announced it was like, oh, God, fucking every mission is going to be load up the brain dance and examine the environment. Um, but they don't They don't overuse it. Uh, <laughs> they they underuse it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I just, we haven't talked about it, but the music in the game is amazing. Oh, it's a killer soundtrack. I like uh, the stuff when you're in the car and you just get like horrible music because that's like how things have evolved. There's like, yeah, there's music a lot called, of like, tinnitus car- music and it's just awful, like screeching. Oh, the, t- the tinnitus music is so interesting. That's so. That, um, well, that, that that's a band, a band called Tinnitus, right. and they are a Maelstrom band. Of course, they they play at um, at Totentan sometimes. <laughs> and the interesting thing about tinnitus is that it's only audible to the maelstrom people because they have because they're so cyber they're that's cyber cool. ears it's like radio frequency that's only picked up by their cyber ears that's so, so only cool. maelstrom folks can hear it and that's why it sounds like shit that makes um, sense like oh, there's so much good stuff like this I in know. this game like there's so much good story stuff the world building um, is excellent the world building so yeah when i they were talking about because uh nancy is like interviewing one someone about tinnitus and he's like they're like talking music and maelstrom and what type of music the maelstrom guys like and they're talking about tinnitus and you have to sort of dig into it but then you realize oh right they right that makes so much sense god it's so good oh Uh, you just reminded hmm. me of one thing we completely skipped over because as you were talking i was like i'm just thinking in my head maybe i just didn't read that thing the readables aren't marked as you've already read them as you go through the world. Oh God! So okay, th- this they th- it's bugged. I'm pretty sure it's bugged because there are a few times where I have come across a readable that was grayed out and because and oh. I already read it. So I think it might just be a polish thing that oh. is just a quality of life thing that's not fully functional. I hope so because I fucking hate that. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Like in The Witcher Three, I swear The Witcher Three shipped that way as well, and then they patched it. Hmm, yeah. In The Witcher Three, you come across books all the time, and yeah, they're grayed out once you've picked them up and read them. And in this, there there were like three times where I came across an entry, which was you know like uh, what what's the stupid play about the seagull, and <laughs> yeah, I know which, which I had about. read, and <laughs> it would be grayed out. I oh, saw okay. it like two or three times, so it's not working or not finished you know like but it is a pain in the fucking ass yes because at this point i am not reading anything because there's been like almost 10 times where i've read like two paragraphs and i'm like wait a second i've already read this before i just forgot the title so i just give it up because i keep reading shit i've already read before and it's like looking for a needle in a haystack in case i just haven't read this one but i've forgotten the title of like the 80th uh shard that i found out in the fucking world yeah, and your shard menu doesn't. It's bugged. It's all all the all the things are buggy right now. Where it's like mark is red, and then it unmarks is red, and, it, and yeah. it's like oh, it's, so you can't you can't rely on any of it to know what you have and haven't read. And I want to read it because it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Everything, every like article is worth reading. Yeah. Every you know all the like uh, hey chum get fucked those things aren't, but so many of the other things are worth reading. Like even the the joke articles are worth reading. Like you said about the, the play, the Militech play, yeah. the search for the last seagull. It's like most games, you know, they, most games always have something dumb like that in there, but in this one, it's hilarious. Yeah. And it is so stupid. Um, 
I, I don't know if I have more notes. I, I mean, obviously, story stuff, you know. Um, but I really um, like how this yeah. game has like its own evolved words in the English language, and you just have to kind of decipher them. Like, it took me like forty hours to understand what gonk meant. It's like, yeah, it's like, what is you're gonk? like dumb. It's like a fool. Yeah, fool. You, yeah, you I, I, I have a, I do have a note that I was going to tie that to story stuff, but yeah, I think, I think, a lot of this game, the the writing, out of context, is not very great. Out of context, I think. In context, in the world, the language used in the game is really interesting because games, I mean, all media ignore language when it comes to writing because they ignore the fact that language changes profoundly in like really mm-hmm. short periods of time. You know, 50 years ago, people did not sound like this. If if people 50 years ago heard the things we would say to each other now, they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with these idiots? And you know, I, I've, I'm the, a weirdo that's always, like, bothered by all the movies, you know, where it's, like, the Lord of the, or the, not the Lord of the Rings may be an extreme example, but, like, here's a historical epic, and they're all, you know, British thespians with, you know, <laughs> pompous British accents. And it's like, no, they were speaking, like, an ancient dialect of Greek. Um, I, I, I love the fact that, um, what's the Mel Gibson Jesus Christ movie? Passion um, of the, the Christ. The Passion of the Christ. Like they used an uh, like an almost unspoken language, and it's the language they spoke at the time, and everyone had to fucking learn it. And it's like, man, that is commitment. And with future stuff, future stuff is like harder because it's let's speculate about where the English language is gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I think what this game does really well is actually does that well. It, it feels like they have created a way you know a 2077 version of english that feels believable yeah uh and it feels like dirty and corrupted in the way that english has always been getting dirtier and more (laughs) fucked up right (laughs) the same way that all languages are um and there's like the filthiness of the world is translated into the language as well. Like everyone is like all these weird swear words and strings of curses and the, the slang like chum and preem and Nova and like all that stuff. It really all does fit together really well. And you know, you see the like grotesqueness of all the ads everywhere. And then you understand why Johnny Silverhand is like, that rack dicked motherfucker it's like okay there keanu jesus christ <laughs> but like it all fits weirdly well together yeah i like and it i like it a lot and it's like a lot of the slang terms are dumb and funny in the same way that they are today where you you look at the things people call each other today and you're like what you know you have i mean you have people saying lol out loud unironically right in <laughs> in our world and yeah. and chum chum is a great one like chum makes a lot of sense to me it's like okay people you know chum mate you know everyone yeah. has a, a, a and then it's like chum and then chumba i think is male and chumbata i think is female um Preem is great. I, Nova always cracks me up. Whatever they say, that's Nova. It's like, hell yeah. There's a couple more uh, that I'm, we're missing off the list. Gonk, Scop. Scop is like is shitty he, They obviously trash. say zeroed a lot. He got zeroed. Zeroed. I really like Klep. I like that they say you got to Klep this thing, um, which is, you know, kleptomaniac, Klep, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, stealing. Yeah. 
Um, I really like that one. Got a clep this. Yeah, zero zeroed him. Isn't there like a uh, different like goodbye like later? I swear they say something else as well. Um, maybe I, I can't remember. There, I swear a couple of times he said like bigly, bigly like he's yeah. gonna regret that bigly. Yeah, I yeah, that rings a bell. And and like that is another one of the things where it's like, yeah, I can see someone saying that unironically in like twenty years. You know, just because language is so weird and yeah i think they did a really good job with that stuff mm-hmm. um un- sort of related um one of the things that i was always really excited about that they talked about with this game is how you wouldn't be able to understand foreign languages unless a you as the player understood the language or b you got a translator mod uh, to understand the languages and i was really disappointed with how that was implemented it's a small thing but they um in the main story judy just like uploads a translator mod to your head yeah yeah and but that doesn't work unless you have subtitles turned on oh and the subtitles i don't know i presume the subtitles are untranslated until you get that mod but maybe the subtitles just always do translate but i really liked there are parts of the game early on like when you're robbing arasaka the whole conversation between Saburo and uh, Yorinobu is in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese and I presumed V doesn't speak Japanese so they're just there's like a five minute conversation that plays out and I'm like I have no fucking idea what oh. they just said to each other I had the subtitles on I could see what they were saying right and oh so okay so they don't they didn't apply that really at all so that's unfortunate um, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah I heard what they were saying because it would make sense to me that like oh once that mod gets bought or installed then okay maybe foreign language subtitles will show up and they'll get translated because the foreign subtitles do have like a little sort of effect to them, right? They start off, yeah. They're written out in in Japanese, and then they translate to like English. Jack, Jackie's words from his Latino background that like translate. Yeah, and like that that stuff is well done, but it's just not. It that's just one of those things where it just feels like they didn't have time to fully implement it because yeah, the result is if you play without subtitles, there is no way for you to understand what the foreigners are saying. Oh damn! Or what the foreign languages are being said. Um, and I, and it was when you're having to decipher Creole with the voodoo boys that Judy uploads a translation thing to you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. And then they kept speaking Creole and I was like, oh, (laughs) and so I would, when I would go into like a main quest with the voodoo boys, I would turn subtitles back on so that I could see what they were saying. Yeah. And I, yeah, the Creole one was interesting because it's, there's a lot of French in there and I was able to actually pick up quite a lot of French words. And, you know, you can sort of piece together what they're saying. But um, I just wish that that was... It's such a neat idea to me of just being like... Because there's a lot of foreign language in the game uh, and in the peripheral and, like, in the world. And I just wish that they had properly implemented that. Yeah, uh, because that would be the cool. English, the English language stuff is, I think, really, really cool and really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so should we, should we transition properly into story here? Yeah. Um, story time. I, I'm going to lead because we didn't preface this, but you have like finished everything or the side quest, yeah. the main quest. And I'm, I'm at 72 hours. Last time I checked, I'm at the point of no return with the main quest and I'm getting through the side quest. I kind of focused on the gigs a bit too much to start because I didn't really know there were side quests in the game when it well, started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of clearing out. I think I cleared out all of Watson Japan Town before the side quest started for me because I didn't know there was, you know, anything else to do. So I was preserving them. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I have finished. I don't know if I have a single quest that I haven't done. I mean, nice. there might be one or two like tucked away that are hidden, you know, sort of short little secret quests. Um, yeah. But I don't know if there are. And I, yeah, I think I've, I've done every, everything. No one's calling me anymore. It's like, oh, that sounds good. The phone's gone dead. It's, it's creepy. <laughs> um, so I'll start off with kind of an obvious one, kind of like the Night City compliment. Uh, the characters in this game are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, they've done a really good job of using the kind of inevitable versatility of the city. It would just inevitably inevitably make varied people from all different sides of life with different implants and different fashion senses and different dispositions. And they do a really good job of making all these all these wild personalities. And everyone really stands on their own, even people that aren't in the game for that long. Uh, all the voice work is amazing. Uh, everyone does a really... Most people do a really good job. I will say I don't like V very much. Uh, I went with female V because I thought male V's voice acting was horrible. And I don't really like female V much more. I don't like either the voice work. I don't like the character. Uh, and I also don't really like Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> really? Oh, that's fascinating. I really just like their relationship to me. I just like it just felt like I was out of sequence a lot of the time. They would have conversations where they seemed like they hated each other. Then it would like try and force this companionship with Johnny Silverhand, even though like we hadn't really talked that much. And then I would be Johnny and he would say to Kerry that things aren't going well with V. And I was like, what, what do you mean things aren't going well? We just had a really heartfelt moment in the oil fields. And it just felt like all out of whack. Like they were progressing towards this bonding moment between me and Johnny. And I, I felt like I did things in a weird order. And it felt Maybe, yeah. like the dialogue was just like confused and off a lot of the time. Like I didn't know if me and Johnny were arguing or liking each other. And I just don't think Keanu did the best job. I don't think he did the worst job. I was going to say quite different things to that. Okay. To those okay. points. I would say, I mean, I went in, as I said, I went in not expecting to like V at all. Yeah. Um, and I think he's, I played his male V and I, 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 I think he's solid. I think the voice work is solid. Uh, he's a little like, he's a little bit like a lot of characters, like main characters in games where it's like one minute he's a fucking psycho lunatic and the next minute he's like you know hugging and kissing the children of the city and it's like <laughs> yeah a, a sort of tonally all over the place but i, I think he's i i again i a lot of it is based on expectations and I, mm -hmm. I went in not expecting to like him at all and wasn't super into it for a while but i i think i came around on v uh and and i ended up rather liking him Listen, i'm not at the end of the journey so maybe you know after 13 oh, more i came hours. to that point quite a quite long before the end of that game i don't um, but, i don't hate her i just i'm just like ugh. she's just like a bland aggressive yeah merp. i'm gonna get it done just like everything it's like oh we get it take a day off have a beer or something for fuck's sake and then i was gonna say actually i really liked the johnny v relationship i think it's actually for at least the way it played out for me um it felt uh, well first of all it's a lot more interesting and involved than i thought it was going to be like keanu is all over this fucking game yeah it's a lot of him like he is like shows up in side quests and comments on things all the time and adds a lot of interesting context 
uh, or perspective of like here's this old fucking dude basically in your head being like oh the damn kids these days basically towards everything and i i think there's just yeah i was i thought that their relationship played out it played out for me in a fairly natural way where they were very hostile for a long while and then slowly and fairly naturally it felt like they came to appreciate each other and understand each other uh in a way that f- felt good um yeah. and i was gonna say with regards to Keanu, i think he does actually a pretty good job and with the caveat being that so i don't think note. Keanu Keanu reeves is not a good actor and i, I hate yeah. to like burst anyone's bubble Keanu reeves has never been a good actor uh i i rewatched the matrix recently and Every time I've ever seen him, he's not he's not a good actor. He's a charismatic, likable human person, but as a screen presence, he does one thing and it's read lines. Um, but he like he's supposed to have like this agenda against Arasaka. He nuked yeah, one of so the buildings. Worst, minus the worst you know. parts for me for Keanu were when he would. There's like a few times where he goes on like a tirade about Arasaka it, and the corpos. Burn. It's like that. Those parts were where I thought he was at his worst. But I think most of it is like him just doing these weird little like interjections about the world. And um, again, it's about expectations. I, I went in expecting a bad Keanu Reeves performance because if he doesn't seem like he's doing a great acting job in movies, he surely won't in games. <laughs> and yeah. I think all of the voice actors... Um, all of the peripheral, like outside of V and Johnny, they all the voice actors just chew through the dialogue like no one's like they don't bat an eye, like they are pros. Yeah, like all the voice acting is tremendous it from really the is good, rest yeah. of the cast because it's there's a lot of weird dialogue and they just plow through it, doing amazing work. And I think I I agree that V and Johnny are the worst, weakest aspects. But I went in expecting to not like either of them, and I was surprised at how much I liked the weird character of Johnny and the weird relationship between the two of them. And Johnny is like a bad guy; like he's not a likable person. He's yeah. it's an interesting role for Keanu Reeves. I think is what I'm coming at it from. It's like Keanu Reeves plays a certain role, certain sort of heroic good guy in everything you know he's most famous for the matrix and john wick i mean john wick he's not necessarily a great human being but he is still the quote-unquote good guy of the stories and um johnny silverhand is like a real scumbag uh yeah, but in a way that didn't, I, like, he didn't sell being a scumbag to me that well yeah i he's just sort of, i don't know yeah it it just sort of sounds like Keanu Reeves most of the time, which I was expecting. And I was, but I was surprised at how like he gets into some of that stuff. It suits, I don't know him saying like (laughs) all of his ridiculous swear words come off more naturally than I was expecting. Like he, I don't know. He, he, I, I was surprised that it's just, it's a very uncanny like role. And I think he does a better job of it than I was expecting. But I was expecting <laughs> very little. Yeah. Um, I think we're just going to have but, to diverge here because I just, just didn't just didn't get it. 
Did, yeah, I, I think I've like seen a kinda, lot of people... He kind of got across, like, the lazy, don't-give-a-shit rocker boy thing. But apart from yeah. that, like, him being a like, uh, extremist terrorist guy, I just didn't get that. I agree. I, the extremist stuff doesn't... It it doesn't it just feels like something that people keep saying and it doesn't feel like genuine. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah, I think the parts that I liked most from him were just all of his like sleazy interjections, and then whenever he would be like, These Arasaka cunts are the worst, and I'd be burned it all down, I'd be like, oh, okay, Keanu, let's just skip over this. Uh <laughs> so I'm not saying it was all bad. Mm, I'm just yeah. saying I, I've definitely, amongst, it, you know. it definitely seems like the part of the story stuff that is the most like you're either into it or you're not. Yeah. Uh, v and Johnny and the the writing and the voice acting and all that. And I, I was, yeah, I, I, I expected to not like it. And I was surprised by how much I relatively enjoyed that stuff. But the main plot of the game is not why you're there, really. Like, yeah. That's, it's like a 20 hour main story and it's it's fine. I think it's fine. I think the A to B to C of it all is decent enough. Yeah. It's it's an interesting concept with the soul killer and shard stuff and Johnny in her head, like and the personality overlap. Like all these things are, are interesting and I think they're done fine enough. I think the main story missions, there's some cool stuff in them you know you go and do some cool shit with the voodoo boy like net running stuff you get into a bit of that stuff there's i but i like i don't remember most of it <laughs> yeah partially because i played it over the course of 100 hours um the, the biggest problem for me with the main story is just the disconnect of urgency <laughs> yeah. versus and i mean like every game on Poor earth takamura waiting like 40 days in tom's diner Right, like every game has this problem to varying extents, really. Um, the Witcher Three had it as well, um, but this is like you're dying. Yeah, you're gonna, you got, <laughs> and then like Takimura is like, I'm waiting for you here. Come and meet me tonight, and I'm like, or the Hanako one. It's like, okay, the point of no return is go talk to Hanako Arasaka yeah. at Embers, and I'm like, I literally didn't pick up the main story for forty hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and so that's why I, I look forward to replaying it just like mostly beelining it through the main story yeah. because I think it's, you know, the main story is like a fun, decent enough action adventure linear game. Yeah. That's, that's really what the main story is. And the, the endings are fine. They feel like Deus Ex, um, Human Revolution, the first of the reboot where you get to the end and you're like, in Human Revolution, you get to the end of the game and there's literally a room with four buttons in it. Literally a room with four buttons. And those are their four endings. <laughs> and you make a hard save right before then and you go, I'm going to take this ending. And then you're like, oh, I didn't like that one. I'm going to go for this ending. And this sort of feels like that in a way where it's like one of the many things in this game where it feels like they didn't really have enough time to like fully... I don't know, integrate all your choices into being like, here's just, this is the ending you've got because these are the choices you made. Like in The Witcher, you don't pick your ending. It's based <clears> on a, a couple of a couple of dozen conversations and story choices and you get the ending. Whereas this game, it's very much like, take the red pill to get this ending, take the blue pill to get this ending. And it's like, okay, it's a, it's, it's a little uh, forced. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was happy enough with the main story. But the the that's not why I'm, why we're here. 
Yes. Really. You can put the main side quest chains, I think, up with the main quest. They are like the same yeah. quality in this game. So that the separation is there's like the NCPD, side gigs, and then there's side quests, yes. I would say. And then there are the main story. And the side quests, it's so weird because, like you said, um, your side quests, they don't open up for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're tied to your street cred. But I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure. Or main story missions. I'm honestly not sure. I don't know what Street Cred does. I have no idea. I think it unlocks <laughs> more stuff in the shop. I don't know. I was level 50 in like 30 hours, so I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, part of one of the many reasons why the first like 15 hours of this game I was not enjoying is because I didn't do a single side quest. There were none. And I was like, I didn't even know if they the were f- coming. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. And I was bummed. I was like, okay, like another side gig, another side gig. And it takes a long time for them to open up. But once they open up, they are really good. Yes. I do have certain complaints about um, the main quest and side quests. But what matters when it comes to, especially a CD project game, and that's me Pacing of one, which is The Witcher 3, <laughs> yeah. is I want to be told small stories in this giant world. Uh, it's nice to have a grand, you know, overall main quest, but that's not what makes the place feel alive, and it's it's not really what you remember the most when you come away from it. And I think Cyberpunk uh, succeeds tremendously when it comes to telling these small, memorable stories with these really defined and great characters. Um, the only negative I have is I was... Maybe just because I think we all perceive this to be a bit more next-gen than it ended up being. I was expecting a little bit more gameplay variation. Um, There is a couple of really good standout ones. Uh, The one in my head is Judy's Final Quest. Um, There's one with Pan Am where you get in this, like, cool tank, but you don't really, like... Mm -hmm. You you do, like, a shooting range, and then you get out of it. Unless you're Male V, and then there's something cool happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that was a wild scene. Yeah, the, I will say, the tank does come back if you. Oh, one of the okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, in so a way maybe, that felt good to me. Maybe yeah. I'm preemptively complaining about this, but there's just been a lot of quests where they're like, "Go here, talks, talk, shoot," and then yeah. that's kind of it. And like, like we're, we'll be saying this whole thing. It's very Bethesda. The Witcher was also the same. The Witcher didn't have these oh, grand yeah. cinematic things until like Blood and Wine, and later on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when you see the occasional quest, like Judy's quest, and you know that there is the possibility, I just, I could have done with a bit more craziness. Like, it seems silly, but, like, we kept thinking, they kept teasing space, and I don't know why I thought, like, maybe it would happen. Like, it was grandiose and stupid and naive, but I was like, maybe? I won't say anything. Oh, I don't want to get your hopes up, but, like... Oh. The... I haven't seen space i will say i have not seen it but i do believe that there is some ending stuff that can at least tease that or something i have to imagine we go there in expansion though yeah um but yeah the witcher 3 was the same way in that like the witcher 3's greatest problem probably is how every single quest is use your witcher senses Mm -hmm. to go through this story and this is similar to that in a lot of ways where it's like structurally the stories play out very similarly um but the there and, and there are not a lot of them, I don't think. There's like the the they are beefier. The side quests in this game are way beefier than they were in The Witcher. Yeah. The Witcher had like 
400 small, like, 5 to 20 minute stories. These are really this tied game, to people, these quests. Yeah, this game has, like, a dozen quest lines. Yeah. And they're long. Like, the the, the river one with the, the serial killer. That I did that all I've, in one I've sitting. I've only just done, like, I'm like, only two or three into that. It's, like, two hour long. I've been holding thing. on to it because I've heard really good things about it. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And... Yeah, they the the side there are not like a huge number of them, but they are lengthy and yeah, they're tied to a character and the character goes on a journey and you go with them and they're all really good. They're really yeah. good. What, what's was, important is good. That's what I would say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like the character work is great. The relationships are great. The variety of character stuff is. Yeah. And there's a lot of. They they yeah they do a lot of. This was something that I was trying to figure out and I only figured it out the other night. I was hoping for more sci-fi i have that word writing. sorry that sentence written down <laughs> yeah and yeah. so but what i realized is that i it's so I'll, I'll let me go through it i'll just go sure. through the whole my whole thought process here so i was hoping for more sci-fi stuff more um explorations of you know, like politics and religion and morals with sci-fi intermingled with them. Like I said a couple days ago, I really liked the uh, little side gig with the monks, the Buddhists, mm-hmm. and they and you can eventually find them and talk to them about like how do Buddhists view cybernetics, yeah, and how does Buddhism view uh, like the shard concept and all these things. And like I really liked that, and I was hoping for more of that. And that that's more like Mass Effect. Mass Effect is all about that, where it's like, here's some sci-fi concepts, and then how do we integrate them into like politics and religion and morality tales? And this game is interesting because it's actually more like, this game is much more focused on just human drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing at all. It's just a different approach to it. And everyone and every story in this game like the sci-fi to us it's sci-fi to them they don't even think about it mm-hmm. like the sci-fi to them is not uh, it's just it's like there's um uh, i don't uh, i wanted to give an example with the serial killer thing but i don't know how far you've gone into it not, um, not far but like so well, the um there's another there's a couple where you like use a brain dance to like do some stuff right yeah. And the, like to us, a brain dance is like, there's a lot of questions with the brain dance, right? Like <laughs> yeah. this is, this is a recording of the brain state and like you're reliving other people's emotional states and experiences. And there's a few quests where you like use the brain dances for, you know, maybe some things that are like maybe a little more gray mor- morally yeah, speaking don't they have like, the xbds the x-rated stuff Black yeah market. and there's the x like but like you're you know i think you did the or you know of the uh the weird sinner man quest where there's the the guy on death row that's going to be executed yeah that was awesome and the interesting thing about i'll use that as an example that quest is interesting because you just don't question any of it because it's to us to us playing it we're like this is so fucked up yeah like this guy is recording a brain dance of his execution that he wants to share with the world and all these people are like totally fine with that and to us it's so fucked up but it's interesting entertainment to them to them it's just another form of entertainment like to us 
you know this is the equivalent of them like of like twitter you know it's just like (laughs) no one thinks about it going viral yeah and i realized that 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 apply that approach is like it's very deliberate i think in the entire game the entire game is focused around just human drama Mm -hmm. and no one in the game really cares about the sci-fi aspects of the world which is uh it's an interesting way to do it and i think it I, like I, like I said, I would have liked more sci-fi integration, but I also think that this is just this is a different and totally valid way of doing story stuff yeah. in here. In there that is it's some just... sprinkles of sci-fi as well. I just did the yes, um, yeah. the Jefferson side quest. I think that's the name. Jeff something. Yeah, the the, uh, the Perales. Yeah. I don't know or... if I've ended that chain though. I chose... is that the one where there's like a bunch of shit going on in there. Uh, in their apartment in their apartment and yeah. then you talk to him but i chose not to tell him what was going on because i was like well what's the point if they can you know yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna probably cut this because um it's not relevant but it's sort of like but i wanted to bring it up with you because i knew you'd like it um okay. so that is the end of the quest oh that is the that is not addressed again and I thought that was weird, but then I looked into it, and there's a fucking Wikipedia page on the Cyberpunk 2077 Wikipedia page about Mr. Blue Eyes. And Mr. Blue Eyes is like the fucking G-Man of the world, and he is like seen all throughout that quest. Ooh. And he might be this like embodiment of rogue AIs that are like trying to influence the real world. Cool. And, and so that might be like I hope that so. might be I hope that's DLC stuff because I was disappointed by that quest ending. I was so uh, intrigued by like, that was the one quest that gave me like questions. Like how would, how would you live your life if you couldn't trust your own memories? I know. Yeah. So like, I was really intrigued by that and I wanted to know if there was more and there wasn't. And I was bummed. And then two days later I read about Mr. Blue Eyes and he is seen, he's watching you in that final conversation. And it's speculated that, yeah, it's like some sort of, AI entity or something. Ooh. I thought it that was going to get to the point things. where you were going to find out that they were never even married in the first place and they've never even oh, met each yeah. other. I was like, oh, this could be so good. So, you know, there's a few, there are a few quests like that where you're like, oh man, they didn't quite finish this in a way that is sort of frustrating, but also very intriguing. And I really hope that they, they get into it in DLC because yeah. that, that is a, uh, that quest in particular is probably one of the most interesting and weirdest things in the game because it is just so fucking creepy. I do think, um, I love the side quest, but I do think there's a bit of a quality, like, deviance between, uh, you know, quite a few of them. Like, the final quest for Delamain was, like, one of the coolest <laughs> gameplay elements in the uh, in the entire game when it came to side quests. There was, like, weird platforming involving these robot cars. I like, oh, this yeah, is, like, yeah, really yeah, like, right. creative and interesting. And the one we just talked about, which we might have cut for spoiler reasons, was the most intriguing when it came to sci-fi storytelling. And it was just a bit up and down. Uh, the one obviously consistent in the game was great character moments and character drama. But when it comes to like gameplay, there's just like these outliers, these really great moments. And I just, uh, I just wish it was a bit more consistent. You know, just a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, so I realized like the perfect sort of uh, like comparison in in the types of storytelling for this game is. If Mass Effect, okay, Mass Effect. If if these characters existed in Mass Effect, you would. So you know, there's like a, when you're robbing uh, Saburo Arasaka, right? Mm-hmm. 
I was thinking, and I was thinking this the other night, like if this was a Mass Effect game, you would have Saburo Arasaki, you would recruit him and he'd be part of your super elite squad, right? Because Mass Effect is like super elitism, like just everyone is the best of the best in the universe. And then you would talk to Arasaka about like his fucking fucked up politics and his horrifying like ideals and, and technology things that he's doing. But in this game, you're just some schlub that tries to rob him and gets fucked over. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the disconnect to me. And and I don't, I like both approaches and I would have liked more of the Mass Effect style, more of like Morden Solis, you know, let me examine, like, let me talk to Morden about the morality of, of the genocide and things like that. I would have liked more of that and more of like weird sci-fi stuff. But the what we got is not, bad it's just different and it wasn't what yeah. i was expecting and and it all works well because the characterizations are so oh, so good yeah. like there were like a dozen tremendous memorable characters in this game mm-hmm. and they're all wonderful um i think maybe the biggest complaint i have with the side stuff is just it's a really small thing but it's um just like the pacing out of things uh, yeah. is too fast so like you know, you you do a Pan Am quest, and then she's like, "I'll contact you in a couple of days." And you drive like three minutes away, and she texts you, and she's like, "I got another quest for you. Come back." <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Whoa, let me turn this vehicle around." And it's Pan Am, so you you turn immediately. And it's Pan Am, so well. And the most the most jarring for me was Judy at the end of her quest line for male V, at least, because you you don't become lovers. Yeah, uh, I I don't know exactly how it goes for female V, but you know, you're friends, um, you're chooms, and <laughs> she 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 decides to leave the city oh does she really oh okay so this is okay so this is, yeah so she decides to she decides that she just she fucking hates night city yeah we had that conversation and, but she still oh that makes so much sense yeah interesting yeah so she leaves night city and goes basically on a road trip right she goes up to visit her i think she mentions her grandparents live in seattle and things like that and she's like i'm i'm taking my van and i'm going on a road trip to you know find myself basically i'm like great you do that love you bye um and she gives you your your part she can you get access to her apartment uh which you get for a few people you have access to their apartments uh, i don't really know what that does you can't sleep in their beds or anything yeah it's a bit underutilized it on honestly yeah and so she says you've got access to my apartment so i leave i leave that the, i finish off that lovely final quest with her and i'm like cool i'm gonna go check out judy's apartment drive over there pull up to the apartment, walk in. Oh my God, Judy, what are you doing here? Oh, (laughs) On the way to seeing her, she texts me a picture saying, look, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Look at the trees. (laughs) And then I walk in and and she's like, oh, hey V. And I'm like, um, and then you can talk to her and you're like, so what's life like outside of Night City? You know, the implication is that she has come back for a visit, but the span of five minutes have passed and two minutes prior she was in portland and now she's back in night city and just again it's one of those things where it's just like if they had another year they obviously would have spaced this out yeah and they would have paced it out properly is definitely not finished because if you're in a relationship with her she sends you like consistent texts and updates about doing things and you can go to her apartment and she never has any like context for those text messages there's never any relevant conversation she even like made me a gun which is the shotgun i was talking about and I went right. and picked I up the shotgun that. and I talked to her and you can't like say anything about the gun. It's just like, it's not yeah. done that, that stuff. Yeah. And it's a shame because it, it just, 
it's just a small thing that just sort of lets down the really really good character stuff that's there yeah i mean that's um, kind of the theme of cyberpunk honestly it's like little things yes. just letting down the momentum they build up on occasion yeah yeah but like i said i went in i i was hoping that the story stuff would be good and it took a while but the side quest stuff that's there is really really good and yeah. uh very memorable some great quests. I was going to say uh, one of the other ways that it resembles a Bethesda game, especially Fallout 4, we were talking, you know, the RPG sides of the gameplay are really good. I think the RPG parts of the story stuff here are pretty non-existent. Uh, mm-hmm. well, not non-existent, but light. Like, it, this reminds me a lot of Fallout 4 where every answer was yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Just, except... In Fallout 4, all the writing was so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this game, all the writing is good. All the characters are good. The story stuff is good. It's just that you doesn't feel like you have much sway in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there was a one side encounter with the nomads in the city where they're trying to make a deal with Maelstrom. Um, and it's a little side quest. And, oh, yeah, remember that. Yeah, and I, I w- saved right before it and walked in and... And we got in a gunfight and Ooh. I died. I got a, and I then, out of that one. And then I reloaded the save and talked my way out of it. And I, the dialogue from the other characters was exactly the same, even though I picked completely different dialogue options from me. And the first time I did it, the dialogue from the nomads felt weird. It felt <laughs> like I had said something. And then when I did all the talking my way through it, I said the thing that made sense for them to have that response. And I was, and so it, there's a few times where if you, especially if you reload a save, you really see. Oh, that, it's like, like that Fallout 4 mod that unveils what actually is going to be said. It, and it's right. all the same. Right. And I think people have started to realize that that is uh, in a lot of ways the case for this. Mm. And it doesn't bother me so much because the writing is good. Yeah. It bothers me more in the Fallout where it's so bland and milk toast. But in this, it's less of a problem. <laughs> and so you just reminded me that was one of the, that when I did that uh, gig or side activity, yeah. whatever you call it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the two uh, Aldocados or whatever their nomad uh-huh. tribe's called. Uh, I can't remember the name of those two guys. But as I was leaving, they ran me over in their car. <laughs> 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 they really crushed the shit out of me as well. That's, that's, you know, some of the jank is harmless oh god that made me laugh yeah some of the jank is the just ai funny. driving yeah, is horrendous oh god it's so yeah. weird yeah yeah but i think i think the reason people are so disappointed by those rpg aspects of it is because you know this is an ip that's based on a pen and paper rpg where it's all about the role playing there was and definitely some like I don't know if I want to say misleading or misinterpretations of where the game was going. I think people just expected yeah. something different and expected more in a lot of areas. And I, I don't know people, whose fault that is, but it definitely happened. Yeah. I think people rightly expected to be much more of a an, a role-playing ass role-playing game. Yeah. And in reality it's it's more of an action adventure <laughs> game with, you know, some dialogue choices. And Did you see the thing where someone found that they changed their Twitter bio to reflect that? Right. That was, yeah. yeah, but they did that like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, Yikes. if they had done that a year and a half ago, that would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, and I mean, it's imp- it's like, it's impossible to make that game, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot make a game that is at the production value scale of this and have it be like, um, 
divinity, you know, divinity, original sin, where, where it's just like every life path is different. Every choice, like it's and and insane role playing and every character can die. Like it just, it's just not really feasible. Mm -hmm. And, but I think, you know, yeah, they, they, there are a lot of places where they could have, let's say marketed it a little more straightforwardly and honestly, yeah. I think we benefited from not paying attention to that stuff. Or at least I did. Um, I didn't pay much attention to any of that stuff. And so I wasn't like, I did not know what to expect from cyberpunk. Yeah. I had no idea. I really didn't. And um, I, you know, so I ended up liking most parts of it, even though it is also clearly needed another year and it, it is nowhere near what it, could have been but it is still i still really like it yeah uh, it's it's such a strange such a strange release i mean look at us we've been talking for three and a half hours it is um, probably the strangest release that i can ever think of you have yeah. this crazy clash of yeah. us actually getting to play the game while on the sidelines there are people just having the worst time and playing an absolute shambles version of the game it's released yeah. too early, but it's not like bad enough to just write it off and put it in the trash. There's so many great moments. Uh, I think I saw a comment or a quote from someone saying, Cyberpunk is a great game screaming to get out. And I was like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That really feels like, like right on the money. Absolutely. Like it's yeah. in and, there and, and somewhere. It feels like an early access game in the way that like I know Baldur's Gate 3 is in early access right mm -hmm. now. And I see everyone saying like, this game is going to be incredible when it's done. And of course it will be. Divinity Original Sin 2 is incredible. And you know that, I know that I could play Baldur's Gate 3 right now and, and probably have a pretty good time with it and be like, wow, there's a lot of good shit in here. But it's an early access game. So in a year when it's out of early access, I know I'll play it and it'll be amazing. And, it, and this feels like that, where it's just like, it needed that extra year of probably of early access honestly of people playing yeah. it we talked about saying, this in like, the um the discord i think triple yeah. needs to stop being cowards and just accept yes. early access as a tag and i think i would i hope that this kerfuffle leads to something some sort of change in some capacity because this this really cyberpunk really was the the perfect storm of the last 10 years of triple a bad practice yeah. come to life and it feels like it was inevitably going to happen where the hype and the messiness matched up, you know, mm. and, and created this explosion. Cause there've been a lot of messy games. There've been messier AAA games, but the hype wasn't there, right? Like fallout 76 wasn't the most hyped game of the last five years. It wasn't announced a decade ago. You know, it was like a six month turnaround. No man's sky was close, but it, you could excuse it because 12 people made it. <laughs> Whereas this, this is just the perfect storm of, it was announced when I was 18, like fucking 20 years ago in 2012, <laughs> before The Witcher 3 was even announced. Yeah. Then you have The Witcher 3 come out, create a phenomenon, and then they spend five years hyping the game up, and the narrative of like, oh, the game's been in development for eight years, how is this so unfinished? And I mean, you know, we know differently, but like, this perfect storm of hype, bad business practice bad policies on like Sony and Microsoft and bad review policies on the game reviewer sides, shadiness from CD project, people being desperate for the game to release 2020 happening. Like yeah, you have to remember yeah. there's the fuck like they've spent the last nine months of this game all working from home. Mm -hmm. 
that's crazy. I don't envy that at no, all. No, no, no. And it's just a perfect storm to create a huge clusterfuck. And I hope that something beneficial comes out of it. I hope that, yeah, maybe AAA starts getting early access. I would be fine with just that. Just be honest about it, though. That's all it is. It's just an honesty sticker. That, exactly. Because most of these games are early access nowadays. And it keeps happening. Without, There's obviously without something the going honesty. on in higher production yeah. where they just can't quite meet the standard they need to before releasing it for money. So just slap yeah. a sticker on it and be honest that you're going to patch it and get it to the point it needs to be later once you've taken our money. <laughs> just be honest about it. Yeah, and like community feedback has clearly been hugely beneficial for a lot of these games. You know, look at the indie games that came out of Early Access yeah. this year that were incredible. Mm -hmm. Like Risk of Rain and Hades and... Deep Rock. You know, there's a few... Deep Rock Galactic, like they spent years in early access. Mm -hmm. They did like an, an insane amount of work. And if you, you know, look at interviews with them, they're like, oh my God, early access was incredible. Like it was, it, it is a huge part of why the game is, is as good as it is. And, you know, you look at these AAA games, I'll, I'll include No Man's Sky. Look at No Man's Sky. It spent, it spent five years in early access mm -hmm. and now it's good. You know, uh, Fallout, people are starting to like Fallout 76. Oh, yeah, okay. I looked at, oh my God, I looked at Mass Effect Andromeda on Steam the other day and it has a very positive overall oh. rating. So people can like anything. Anything can <laughs> be can. redeemed, it seems. <laughs> yeah. And if you put an early access tag on it, you, you're a, you get, like literally it solves every single problem they have right now. Yeah, literally. It's two say, words, and you set up the, the relationship of this game isn't finished, but you can play it and buy it now in its early it's state. It's so simple. It's like a free pass. Like, people on Steam have been exploiting it for years. It's crazy. You literally say Cyberpunk, it's been a difficult development. We're still working on it, but we want people to get their hands on it. We know people have been waiting eight fucking years for this thing. Yeah. Okay, we're releasing it in early access. God, yeah. We're going to... We're, we're, we're even going to release it in early access on the consoles, but you've got to realize it is bad right now on the consoles and on PC, like we're working on it. We've got a lot of stuff to do still and it would solve every really single problem. Yeah. All like, and then in a year or in a year and a half, when the expansions are out, they do their free DLC, they patch it to high hell and back. You in, in 2022, You'll probably open up Steam, click on Cyberpunk, and it'll be at overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they wouldn't have tanked their reputation. And now they have to spend the next like four years between now and the next Witcher game. They have to spend these next four years like working their ass off to get people to trust them again. Yeah. Why just tell the truth, man? People love it. Just tell the truth. And that's what they built their whole platform on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's crazy, man. It's like go back crazy. to that tweet where they're just like, remember years ago they're like, it was it was some re reply like the CEO replied to someone using the Witcher account. They were like, with Cyberpunk think nothing less than the Witcher three. No bullshit. No, bullshit, no yeah. money grabbing. No multiplayer. You pay and for it's what like, you get. They said. Oh man, it's so frustrating because Cyberpunk. There's oh my god. There's so much good stuff in Cyberpunk. It's weird. I feel and like, I don't know, these video game companies just don't seem to value PR or something else is going on. Like, PR is just, it's a gold mine. It's a treasure trove. Like, AAA, I mean, it seems like, I'm amazed that any AAA game ever gets made at this point, mm. really. 
when you think of just how many people like this you should, the credits for cyberpunk are oh my god they, <laughs> and i mean you hear about red dead like two thousand people worked on red dead it took eight years yeah. of active development like how did that game come out how does any of these games come out <laughs> and then this year alone i'm amazed that a single video game got released after march of this year mm. like it's a miracle that people have been able to ship products when everyone in a collaborative creative medium everyone is isolated from each other and they can't talk to each other and they have to work from home like it's a nightmare but you solve so many problems by just saying halo infinite it's early access right now yeah and but i i don't know i i feel like they just triple a it's like they still need that like 10 million day one sold and mm. They they want the money now. But you really think, think they the weren't problem? confident about cyberpunk selling? It's cyberpunk, man. No, I mean it. It sold obscenely well. And it's not even like they're doing like, like it's not like EA where they're making like a subpar thing or Ubisoft. Like they're making no. something truly great. Like Hopefully cyberpunk is a f- fucking huge, enormous game, and but like it was always going to sell well. But you could have just solved so much by just saying <sighs> yeah man we need more time but you're welcome to come and join us for this ride like the we've got most of the story stuff is here Every, you know oh it's so frustrating could have done the blogs like Bungie do the transparency people, yeah, people the would have loved it weekly updates yeah like it, oh man because if they were going they, bankrupt like you said the sales still would have been enough from this little first well, wave and they've already re- and but yeah and 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 it's frustrating because, like, they went for the shadiest, most gross, corpo scum <laughs> type route, and it paid off for them. Okay, their PR is a disaster, but their earnings call last week with refunds, they've sold 13 million copies of the game already, and they fully recouped development costs. Yeah. I mean, the damage so to their, good. like, the value of the company is pretty tremendous, though. Yeah. I think, you know, the next six to 12 months are very important for them. And I would like to think that the game will, you know, that the right paths will be taken mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't know when, when you have like a BBC and like economic newspapers talking about your company on fire and it's a video game thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like mainstream in a way that is bad. Like yeah. the last time this happened was the loot boxes became illegal because of battlefront was so bad, yeah. you know, like this it's that type of catastrophe i can't believe it was um, cyberpunk man of all the things i thought it was gonna be the I avengers know, this, i really thought it was gonna be the avengers this was a year with like you know yeah it would have been so nice to just end the year with a game that everyone was just like wowed by yeah and it's so frustrating because like we're, you know look at this top we spent four hours talking <laughs> about this game <laughs> With how this year's gone, we really should have just guessed that it was going to be Cyberpunk that was a disaster. How did we not see it coming? I know, but it's so sad because also, like, in here we are, you know, we're part of this weird, like, elite group that has been able to play, like, close, the closest thing to the vision that was, that's there. And there's so much good stuff there. Mm -hmm. And we're able to appreciate so many parts of it. And so many parts of it are just, like, staggering the, the like the artistry and the scale and the care and but then it's just yeah undermined left and right by 
just not enough time and i feel so bad for the developers because they you know they're it, the passion is so apparent yeah. throughout the game and it's just tragic definitely it's the weirdest review tragic. we've probably ever done there's just so many weird yeah. contrasts you don't usually talk about like horrible corporate greed and misdeception and also talk about a game being like a masterpiece in certain areas they don't go together yeah. like that that just doesn't happen and you don't get these weird clashes of like a futuristic game level creation artistry like the world with this weird clash of like things that were done better in fallout 3 you know <laughs> it's so weird it is so bizarre. yeah normally we're talking about corporate greed with ea and it's like I, I EA hasn't made I it, for me EA has not made a good game in like nine years. Yeah. Uh, like their last great game was, De- when did Dead Space Two come out? Twenty eleven, I think. Mm, think so. And then you know Mass Effect Three is a flawed clusterfuck, but I still love it. But it's you know not there. And you're you're used to talking and like Activision, like oh my god, the greed from them is disgusting. And you look at Blackout, and it's like wow did they ever just cobble this together and look at how they're exploiting modern warfare to get people to buy blackout and or black ops or whatever the fuck it's called but then here you're talking about corporate greed and it's like this is the best made world with some incredible storytelling and character work and it's like a fun action rpg it's so frustrating it's just insane man you could never, never in a million video years games, would have predicted it. You never know what's coming. And I like, I, you know, I will say I enjoy that part of gaming. You never where it's know just what's like, going to happen. I have no idea what will happen tomorrow with gaming. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Like, tomorrow they could say, uh, no, we're past the point of this, but there was like a couple of days there where I was like, if they said we are pulling cyberpunk from sale worldwide on all storefronts. I would have believed it. Mm. It wouldn't have been far fetched. Like after Sony pulled it, if I would, I was half expecting them on like Saturday to be like, we're suspending all sales of the game. Cause even the PC requirements are extremely demanding. Yeah. They're insane. Like you have to have a, like you said earlier, you have to have a graphics card, which doesn't exist right now. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're playing, well, it depends. Like, I played more than half the game on a TV, and I was running... It was with DLSS, the magic of DLSS, mm-hmm. and especially at 4K. Like, you're getting 4K image quality, and I was playing it close to 60 FPS. With a controller, you don't really... I don't really feel it. So, like, maybe the 3090 can maybe just barely play it at that peak premium settings. But that's a expensive <laughs> graphics card <laughs> oh and God. no one should buy it yeah um like i hit but yeah i, hit I 30 have frames on a 3080 at points like it's just i hit i hit uh like 35 36 frames once or twice on my 39 that's insane yeah. man that's insane. but to be fair like I'm playing it at ultra wide 1440p and I've got right, you know, everything is maxed Still, up. Like DL- I could turn down DLSS one setting and on. get, you know, but yeah, that is with DLS is balanced. Yeah. 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 But you know, like, it's not like, yeah, like we said, it's it, a 30, it 90, looks, dude. I know, Come I know, on, I know, I know, I know. I was not expecting it to be as, I think can split atoms. I think. 
I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it can run Doom at like 8K 120 <laughs> FPS. Oh my god. Um But yeah, I uh, it's so I can't quit. I can't quit it yet though. That's the weird thing. Like I played 100 hours of it and then I beat it. And I've spent the last couple of days like booting games up and I just keep thinking about Cyberpunk and then I booted Cyberpunk last night and spent like another hour just wandering around yeah. and I'm like, do I want to just like immediately replay it like with a corpo? I think one thing we haven't said in the chat, and... but we said in the Discord, it, is it's, it was just nice to have it there. It's been such yeah. a sparse year that just having this long, lengthy game was just a real nice treat. And even though I would say maybe some aspects of the gigs and the uh, police scanner activities, at points I thought the quantity was maybe a bit off and they could have just made some of them a bit more special. I kind of just liked having these grindy little activities. I liked the loot game and the shooting enough to just keep going. And I don't know if I would change it now at this point just because I got to play 100 hours of a AAA product. Uh, yeah. At, points it was triple a anyway uh yeah yeah. (laughs) but see this is why i kept saying this is a Eurojank game in a lot of ways because to me Eurojank is a term of endearment and it's a term that i would use to say describe something that is reaching a little bit further than it can there's definitely some moments that feel and there's definitely some of that in this game you know like there's definitely some witcher 2e stuff in this game where you're like there's they're really going for it and they're getting there yeah and then they're also not and but i mean the jank part is the true part for sure yeah uh, jank unfin- I, like there was a couple of we, we we kind of skipped over um some like elements of the main quest but there was sure we skipped over about a million things there was certain moments in the main quest which felt like they should have been a bit more cinematic than they were like there's yeah. a quest where you go through the black wall and i didn't even know we'd gone through it you just you're just kind of on the other end, and I'm like, oh, I thought that was going to be a I bit really, more exciting. Yeah, I I really liked the whole Voodoo Boy thing, yeah. but it was uh, Voodoo Boys in the Pacifica as a whole. I, I think is something they should really expand. Into that area is so cool. Really, that the area is fascinating, and the them as a faction are fascinating as well. Yeah. Um, and and I really liked that mission, but yeah, it was still just not quite nailed it yeah, yeah with the black wall and i don't know how i really like meeting you. the the net watch guy he was really interesting yeah but uh, there's a couple more moments like i don't know how it played out for you because who knows like how you know for each person yeah. how it plays out but like when you stop the train with pan am it was like it was just a little bit clumsy and not oh as there was cr- no sound effect when the train collided with everything yeah it just wasn't that cool and i thought it was gonna it, be it, really it was, cool yeah yes yeah it reminded me of like I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't know. It, it was sort of Metro-y a little bit, especially yeah. the train collision. Cause the, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about replaying Metro and I played like an hour of it the other night and I was reminded of like how bad the sound design is in Metro mm-hmm. Exodus. And that feeling came up with, yeah, the Pan Am thing where it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're chasing the train and the train's barreling and then it collides and there were no sound effects at all. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. There's a lot of moments and, like that in the game where you're like, oh. And like in a year, I'm sure the sound effects will be there and it'll be cooler. And There are, but, yeah, there are some missions uh, that really strike the right spot and the fire lights. I agree. Like the one, I don't know like how much we're spoiling by giving these little plot summaries, but the one yeah. with Pan Am where you bring down the cruiser that was fucking that cool. Was good. I was having my subtitle issue a lot there, and it was that was in actually during my 
period where I was like getting the most bugs. So actually that part was really undermined for me. <laughs> um, but like, I'm sure you had like a, a side of... quest, which everything just yes, worked. Yeah. There's, um, the, when they, there's a sequence with Johnny where you finally hear the, the rebel path song that I used in the beauty video, the, the bumping one. Yeah. Uh, that sequence is pretty good. It's pretty good. You've got like, it's sort of like, I don't know, kind of gave me a little no Russian vibe a little bit with your, like your cool squad mm. in the elevator. I don't think you've done that mission yet though. Um, it's like a storming Arasaka flashback mission. Uh, I think so. Uh, maybe you have done it. I don't know. It was just a cool, it was just like, yeah, the music's cool. Look at these cool characters. I've got this fucking sick gun. Yeah. I think I've done that where you're trying to rescue the girl in the chair. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. You're trying to rescue alt. Yeah. 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 But there's just, yeah, lots of good little moments in the quests that are just like, this is cool. Like the the Netwatch guy in the Voodoo Mission board where there's, they've got like a an old Marlon Brando movie playing on the movie screen behind him. And it's just like cinematography wise, just so Oh good. yeah, yeah, that was so cool. I took a, I have a, I sent a screenshot of that one. It's just, there's yeah. a lot of just, there's a lot of good moments in the game where you're like, this game is so cool. <laughs> I think a nice way to like summarize uh, for Cyberpunk if we're going towards the conclusion is I remember when we reviewed or talked about Fallout 76 and that yeah. game was also really focused on the bugs and the glitches just because it's like good YouTube clickbait. It's silly to right. look at. But one thing that people yeah, weren't talking this. about that that game was just fucked at the core like every part of it was terrible. Like it just yeah. didn't make sense from like the gameplay format. It's like how is this going to work? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and it was the same with Mass Effect Andromeda. Everyone yeah. was focused on the bugs, but the writing in that game is terrible. And Cyberpunk is not the same at all. It's Cyberpunk's like, like this like, outlier yeah. where what's in there is good, but it's just covered in like this unfortunately ugly coat of paint, and like it just hasn't yeah. gone well for a lot of people. So if you haven't bought it yet, and maybe you're on the hate train. This game will be good. It really will yeah. be good. Don't, no one should buy, like if I, I'm not going to review this game because we just talked about yeah. it for four hours. <laughs> but like if I was going to review it, I would say as a summary right now, it's probably like a three star game because of all of the things that are unfinished, but also no one should buy it right now. Don't buy it right now. Mm -hmm. In six months when it's polished, it'll be like a four star game and it'll be, I would recommend people buy it. In like a year and a half when it's gotten all the, hopefully, all the quality of life changes and I can throw some cool mods in, it'll be like an, a five-star experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, it's, but yeah, no, don't, don't buy it right now. Just wait. Just if, you know, give it six months at, give, or give it till like March and then the, it'll at least be in a much less buggy state. But I think ideally, you know, like we said to Dawson, like you waited this long, just give it another Two years, play the definitive <laughs> yeah. edition in 2022 when you have a killer graphics card as well. Yeah. And it'll be amazing. To be, if I was going to like push some, push some real optimism on people, I think there's still a lot of reasons to still be excited about Cyberpunk for the future. Uh, it's, you know, absolutely. we can't pretend and forget that it didn't fall on its face in a pretty embarrassing way. But I'm yeah. still excited for the future of Cyberpunk. I'm really interested to see... Oh my god, I'm desperate. <laughs> I'd love to I see wait to a support more. content roadmap from those guys. Just to see what they're going to focus on first. Uh, what's going to actually come up uh, as a, a as a real addition rather than just, you know, tweaking, patching, smoothing things out. Like uh, like, the, the, like my main complaint about uh, activities. Like, are, is, it, is it even planned? Is that stuff coming out? 
Uh, like what order they're going to do things in. I think to appease the people, that would really help. You know, one of those nice infographics that come out on Twitter. Just release one of those. Obviously, the first step is to make it playable. But, like, uh, give a nice little content roadmap. I want to know what, what they're going to yeah, do. Because they I mean, can build you know, on that thing so much. We're recording this literally three weeks to the day since it came out. So they can take a little more time to figure out what their plans are for this game because <laughs> yes. it's only been out for three weeks. I'm sure they're in Red Alert um, uh, over there right now. Yeah, Red Alert for now is just get it fixed yeah. uh, as as much as possible. And they've, you know, they said they have a big... It's crazy that they were able to immediately say, like, we have a big big patch for January and a big one for February. And it's like, oh, so you knew. <laughs> they, like, yeah, they knew. You knew what your timeline was for these patches as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think my ending thoughts on cyberpunk is that it is it was frustrating and disappointing and i couldn't stop playing it i had a largely a fantastic time with it i want to keep playing it and i am already looking forward to whatever dlc and expansions come out (laughs) Um, me too yeah game discussion this year has been atrocious because there is people have seemingly abandoned the idea of nuance and the fact that, you know, I can like a game for what it is and not what it isn't. And I can like a game that has a lot of problems. Like I, I I would take cyberpunk over every fucking open world game that I've played for the last couple of years. Like I would take cyberpunk over all the Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah. Over ghost of Tsushima over last of us over, over so many of these games because there's just, so much more there that I like. That and is it's actually fun me. to play. <laughs> it's really fun. And it's to fun play. to play. I would miss that shooting when I've done everything. I really like it. Yeah, and it is also like an interestingly messy game as well, and not like Cyberpunk or like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you're just like, oh my god, they farted out another one of these fucking games. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a four-hour-long discussion about a one video game it's crazy it's there's a lot what a what a wild thing yeah wow that was fucking crazy um yeah so that's their review (laughs) 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 four hours it didn't feel like four hours no it didn't the sun is setting here already I called you called at like ten thirty, and now it's three p.m. and it's dark out. Yeah, I can't be bothered to talk about PlayStation stuff right now. It's oh a- god, no! We'll do that another day. <laughs>